everybody, and welcome to uh, Movies on the Rocks podcast. Uh, as always, um, today we are well, there's the three of us. We are hosting this podcast every couple weeks. Um, my name is Tomas. If you haven't heard before, um, on the podcast also we have my brother Goody. Hey, everybody. Uh, you also have my friend uh, and cohort as well, Derek. Hello again, everyone. Hello again. <laughs> yeah, we had a little bit of a mishap, a little bit of user error. Uh, this time it wasn't Goody, but it was a Burial. So either way, it, it works out just fine. I meant from last week, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, also we have um, uh, a friend of ours, a friend of Goody's mind called Elias. Um, I don't know if he's been on a podcast before, but you know, to quote from the great Martin Scorsese motion picture Goodfellas, you popped your cherry, Elias. Hey. You popped it. You popped it. Oh, good. Hey. Okay. So, so much better guys. the second time around. So much yes. better the second time around. Like, All right. Oh, well, Elias, glad glad to have you. Um, and um, I hope you enjoy the time and I hope you bring some insects, otherwise, we won't bring you back. Um, in any case, <laughs> no pressure though, no pressure. Um, so in any case, as always, we have a um, this the Movies on the Brocks podcast. What we do is we get together every couple of weeks, discuss the motion picture. Um, each time we pick a motion picture as it is, as it falls alphabetically, no rhyme or reason, no genre specific things, just. Whatever we feel like watching, whatever, whatever, wherever the wind takes us, as they say. Um, and, uh, last time it was, uh, Galaxy Quest, which was G. Uh, this time it is H, and we thought of watching the Hong Kong cop movie Magnum Opus directed by John Woo. The Bullet Ballet. The Bullet Ballet, as they say. Oh Every single motion picture of his is a bullet ballet, but let's not, that's not, unless you talk about Red Cliff, then it's just swords and everything. But in any case, the motion picture, Hard Boiled, starring Chow Yun-Fat and a very young Tony Leung. In any case, um, so we'll be discussing that movie. Before we get to our usually scheduled program, Goody, why don't you go ahead and give us the disclaimer? All right, everyone. As always, uh, this is called Movies on the Rocks, which means that we will be imbibing um, – different uh, alcoholic beverages and if that's something that you're into uh, we invite you to join us on this journey into cloud thinking uh slurred speech possibly and uh general you know happiness and joy uh but of course uh keep in mind uh please do so responsibly and do so in accordance with all the laws and regulations of the place in which you live. So if you're not old enough to drink, uh, then please do not drink. Follow those laws and rules and everything. On top of that as well, keep in mind that uh, this is uh, Movies on the Rocks. There is going to be, like I said, there is drinking going on. And so um, we will sometimes, some people, that person being my brother usually, uh, is going to be using, we're going to be using some racy language, something a little bit more saucy and spicy. And so as a result, um, you know, just kind of, we're just keeping it light, keeping it fun. Uh, but if uh, anything happens in which you are feeling, uh, well, if you are offended by anything that we say, please keep in mind, we do not do that. We do not intend to do that ever. Uh, and uh, it's just all just a good time we're trying to have here. That's all. Yep. That's it. So with that, is it time? <laughs> it's time, it's right? I don't know if it's time, but but what we wanted to at least go forward with um, is um, time to discuss what we're drinking tonight. Oh, yeah, it's not baby! That time yet. All right, it's, that, it's not got? that it's not that time yet. So tonight, though, I have something different since I destroyed my cracking. Thank God. <laughs> in well, the weeks in the making, <laughs> the ongoing Jesus. drama. 
that was the Kraken. I decided to go with another dark rum, um, the black rum, and I decided to go this time, and I will be drinking it probably for a few more podcasts every week. Um, I decided to be drinking Bacardi Black. So did you go with like another nine hundred ounce bottle? Yes, I did. Gonna... As a matter oh, of fact, great. I did. Here we go. <laughs> it's a it's about a one point about one point seven five liters. So yes, I did. As a matter of fact. Oh my gosh, this is like two years in the making. You're gonna be drinking the same drink. <laughs> no, it's about six episodes. But anyways, is that how you make your liquor decisions? How many episodes will this last? <laughs> Just about. It's getting to that point. Yes. No, and I'm drinking them out of this brand new University of Miami Turvis cup that I bought down in the Keys. So it's gonna it's gonna do well. I'm gonna do well tonight. I'm gonna Sounds do tasty. Very- Sounds fantastic. So, uh, Derek, what are you drinking tonight? Is it Zima again? Uh, no, it's not. I haven't even had Zima yet. All right, I haven't even got. But you said got. yet. Like no one has said I haven't had Zima yet since like 1996. <laughs> no, I think you've so. had Zima. You've had Zima. It's called Sprite. That's oh, that's right. And I had that last week. Oh I had that last week. Okay, I'm drinking Estrella Jalisco. Just another Mexican. Oh, okay, all right. I, I tried to be basic this week. This no, week, it's good. It's good. It's good. This week, hey, it's not as bad as the Smirnoff. Oh yeah, that that was a winner. That was that was a winner. That was. Cody, what are you drinking, man? Uh, right now, I am actually drinking uh, vodka. Well, here's what it is. Um, mix it up a little bit with the clear drinks. Uh, so I've got that. I've, I've been getting the last few weeks that kind of bubbly, sparkling water deal, and I, I kind of like the different flavors. Uh, a lot of different flavors in it. And so today, what I've done is I cracked open a peach flavored uh bubbly and a very generous pouring of tito's vodka in it so it's vodka and bubbly or bubbly vodka whatever you want to call it how, how'd you mix it goody when you poured it in did you like slam it on the table and hope that I, that's exactly what it was. i slammed it on the table it was a mess <laughs> my son started screaming and crying it was did really you, did bad you, did you throw um, any alka-seltzer in it did you throw alka-seltzer in it uh no, because I'm not a savage. Well, so. that's well. I mean, that's what tequila does. I don't know why you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I, I think he started playing the skin flute after. No, I mean the clarinet. My bad. Oh, <laughs> oh damn, dude! Yeah. Wow, we already started. I'm going in. Okay, I'm going in. Okay, all right. Well, uh, on that note, uh, uh, Elias, what are you drinking tonight? I'm actually being extra today. Um, you, you guys ever been to Finca for those Miami people? Yes, not? I love that place. So I, I, I figured out how to reverse engineer their uh, Cuban old fashioned. So that's what I'm digging tonight. Oh so, man, yeah. So what, is that, of, what does that entail? What does that entail? Instead of a simple syrup, it's a uh, an espresso simple syrup. So a cup of a, a cup of Cuban coffee with a cup of sugar. You boil it down, mix it for like 40 minutes, and that's your simple syrup. And you make it like a regular old fashioned with some bitters and stuff. Pretty good. Holy shit, dude! Nice. That's, that's a lot of work. Hello, the three guys that are on a drinking podcast just got shown up by our first guest. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah. yeah, you're right. So, you're right. Um, so, Elias, you're never coming back. Yeah. Jeez, thanks. <laughs> this will just thanks. be one of next week. We'll skip H. They won't ever get an H episode. They'll just <laughs> what happened to that? Seriously, I'll just I'll just be like, you know what? It was just a waste of time with you guys. But anyways, but Elias, welcome, dude. That's a great drink. Uh, next time, you know, Goody, just try to be less basic. 
Because yeah, um, no, you, now I'm gonna have to like start growing a handlebar mustache and like yes. look, have like build a little, you know, old timey speakeasy type bar and then like use like, I don't know, a shaker and stuff. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, we're, get, we're, we're, get the flannel. Get, get lost. Yeah, the yes. no, with, and a, the vest. with the little, and the, vest. And the, and the little and arm vest. things that go on like near the elbow that sometimes like and dealers use or bankers and old timey yeah. like, cowboy yeah. things or if something. You, if you're gonna, if you're gonna wear that though, you need to make sure you wear the green visor too. Yeah, that's already a whole. That's not a bartender anymore. That's that's like an accountant or something or but a dealer. It, it doesn't matter. You look just as good with it, though. Well, I'm logging in at Amazon right now so I can order little fancy umbrellas. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as always, gentlemen. Uh, now we uh, we we're gonna be going to the news part of the of the thing. So, uh, Goody at the news desk, take us away. News of the day. News of the day. News of the day. Never gets old. I love it. Never, 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 ever. So, what's uh, going on the last two weeks? News of the day today is uh, I don't know what time when people are hearing this. Maybe ten thousand years from now, people are listening to this, and that's because we're awesome and we're like what Bill and Ted are trying to do, but actually are going to achieve it. Um, Good luck, man. Yeah. But uh, today, uh, July 16th, uh, in the year of our Lord, 2020, or CE for all the secular folk out there. Anno uh, Domini, Anno Domini. The, oh uh, here we go. Let's go. All right. <laughs> so first things first, uh, big news. Well, well obviously, you, everyone knows my slant, my, my, my tip here. And so in the world of Star Wars, um, all these rumors are circulating and fluttering about about uh, the ousting or the impending ousting of a current head of Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy. Um, apparently, oh, there no. have been several... Oh, this is new to me. This is new to me. What's up? Uh, well, here's what's going on. There's been several meetings and different and different sources that are like, you know, people with funny names that are sources for things. I can't say... Oh, I might as well say it, right? We can say that. It's a, this guy, one of the sources, I can't help but laugh, but apparently has is really good at spoilers and leaks and stuff like that. This guy named Doomcock. That's his name, literally. That's All what right. it's called. That, it, it that is which, the best name. Which did That's... not bode well in terms of his credibility, but apparently he actually has been pretty good about like finding spoilers. And so he has people in there or something. I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt. But apparently there have been several – There's been there's been meetings with uh, Iger and Chapek, um, which normally she would be a part of, but they have left her out. Apparently she has communicated to several of her underlings – uh, that she, there's plans on her. She's planning on leaving the company that she's not going to renew her contract with, uh, with Disney and that cause she's going off to create her own, uh, as it says in a quote that he gave, a uh, female centric production company. And, uh, if anyone want to join her, then they can. And that the idea is that they have not been happy with the direction she's taken the, the, the movies, uh, obviously the, the most recent, uh, sequel trilogy. Which just concluded, and um, there is even discussion that they might use a mechanic from the Star Wars Rebels series called the Veil of the Force uh, to completely do away with the sequel trilogy and just start fresh and as if it never happened. Um, oh because I, I, I saw that episode in in Rebels, and it was pretty. It was pretty crazy. Well, basically, I think the idea is that they're, they're what they're saying is that with the Veil of the Force thing, they can make it that this sequel trilogy can be decanonized as it was a kind of alternate 
future that someone was seeing, but not actually the events that were happening. Um, so that they can try to like go back and make Star Wars for something that, um, the old fans, uh, would break, bring them back, uh, again. Um, the other rumor tied to this is that her replacement that they're talking about replacement is, uh, John Favreau is apparently the name that's being thrown around no way. To, to make, yeah, to make John Favreau, uh, the new head of Lucasfilm, uh, possibly considering how huge the Mandalorian went. And that tone and that look and him and Dave Filoni and all those directors, how what they did with it, they were like, this is what people want, apparently, or this kind of, this path for Star Wars to be and not, well, what they're claiming is that Kathleen Kennedy injected too many identity politics and, and all that stuff in it. I don't know. I mean, you, you, that's for other people to discuss and argue, but apparently that's what it is. She's going to be out and maybe John Favreau might be coming in, um, and completely scrapping the latest trilogy. Um, and then just starting with a new, I guess, sequel trilogy. I don't know. Cause a lot of those so, act. Yeah. Man, I have so many questions now. Okay. So well, there's not many, very many answers cause it's all rumors at this point, you know? Well, no, no. So what I mean is first off, did the sequel trilogy not, I mean, Grant, I, I kind of want to compare it to like the MCU and those, those films being successful or not. Right. So, I mean, did did the sequel trilogy really do that bad? I, I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, popular and sold well. Okay, so everybody right now, okay, this is this is something that Goody knows. This is something that just totally gets me pissed off because it just it just makes me so upset. All the stupid, I'm sorry, stupid fanboys that are so crazy. And I understand I'm pretty much just you know disparaging some of our audience or whoever. But it gets me really upset because everyone is mad specifically. And, and the only reason is that they're saying about this is because people were so upset with The Last Jedi. That's the only reason. That's really the only reason. Because The Last Jedi brought questions to the foreground and brought a different way of doing things. Granted, he still played in the sandbox. He played by Disney's rules. But he brought up different questions and different ideas that didn't that the, the the real hard-edged Star Wars fanboys didn't like the aspect that anybody could be as powerful as Rey didn't matter who it was didn't matter if they were you know it doesn't like the skywalkers and the palpatines or whoever now now that we know about the palpatines but the skywalkers back then everyone thought that the skywalkers were the most powerful force the force bringers in the universe but in reality it doesn't matter anybody could I mean, just depending on how strong, how 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 well, much I mean, you give yourself up to the force, I guess. Even I mean, even by that standard, I mean the Skywalkers. You can't say that the Skywalkers were necessarily more force sensitive. It was really just Luke and Leia because they were. Well, no, not even them, because Anakin was the one that was born of the force, right? So Luke and Leia were just force users. Nothing special about them. Well, I, I think for them, it's just like that whole genetic thing, right? Like they have, they inherit the abilities of their father, that level, some level of their abilities because of genetics. And then that maybe passed on to Kylo Ren and all that. Um, but well, I mean, I yeah. know that we, I know we, we solidified the, the like metachlorians and all that stuff. But I mean, did anyone, I never made the assumption that force powers were genetic. Well, I feel like they 
they well with the whole midichlorians thing they can be since they're biological well maybe it's like anything else it's like it's not guaranteed but there may be more genetic tendencies for some people if they're you know i don't know maybe maybe you're right the the point is they didn't like the the, they don't like the identity politics they don't like the stance i mean like it's like canon and lore stuff aside just like the making of it and the direction it went like the story is um that the force awakens did you know like gangbusters in the movies it did really well so they kind of like gave her free reign and then they brought in i think it was ryan johnson did he direct the second the, the next one right he yeah did he did last he did. jedi and then all this kinds of identity politics which apparently uh what the sources say kathleen kennedy is all about like stuff like that um and then he brought that in and then people hated that stuff and so then they tried to scale it back for the third one with J.J. Abrams, who brought, you know, they brought him back to do the third one um, and did away with some of the things that Ryan Johnson did. And then just, but then people, people that liked the second one, because of all the kind of what they saw as positive changes they're making in terms of diversity and all of that was being undone by the next, by the last one, because Disney trying to cater to the, uh, the fan base that didn't like the stuff about the second one. So you know, it was funny. It was like that that last movie seemed like it was just kind of, you know, it was a damned if you do, damned if you don't type thing. They people didn't like the second one. The people that liked the second one didn't like the third one. And the people that liked the third one didn't like the second one, and all that stuff. But my problem is that for them to completely do away with the trilogy and like, oh no, it never happened. You know, that was an alternate timeline that someone visualized or envisioned in the Veil of the Forest, but it didn't really happen. That's cool. Um, we're not getting Carrie Fisher back. You know what I mean? And so like. To have her character just be like done away with that way and everything that happened. And then now it's like, because she's not, you know, obviously she's not going to be filming anymore because she passed away those years ago that like, we're not getting her back. So what are they going to say? Oh yeah. Um, Leia died in the new trilogy before the new trilogy started as a, you know, much, you know what I mean? Like how are they going to address that? Because that would be like way to, you know, take a dump all over, you know, part of Carrie Fisher's legacy by making her movies, you know, the, the last three movies she did like that, you know, inconsequential to the general plot line of the whole series. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, really, I enjoyed it. this this last series, this this last trilogy. I really did. Could you imagine yeah, if episodes yeah. one, two, and three were released today? Now you have a real reason to be pissed of all the – the fanboys would really have a reason to run amok. But, you know, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. My kids liked it. It flowed. Um but I guess I'm not that picky. I mean, I guess in in my opinion, I mean that the the sequel trilogy it was good. I didn't regret seeing it. I didn't regret you know spending my money to go and watch it in a theater. I certainly didn't enjoy it as well as the original trilogy. But I don't I don't know anyone could realistically expect that, right? That that seems like an unrealistic request, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, and it's different. And there are things I thought were were better in the sequel trilogy because of technological advancements that were not done in the original and the prequel trilogy. Yeah. You know, but, but I enjoyed it too. And this is talking from me. That's like, I mean, if everyone listens to this podcast, I am a big fan of Star Wars, but I am not a Star Wars purist in that regard. That's not willing to take a chance on the property and see what changes they make. Um, but you know, I also enjoyed it. Was it, were the, uh, was it kind of, and, and you know what though? Maybe I'm dense. I'm more dense than other people, but like I also did not seem to have a problem. Like with the whole, what people are claiming as what they call quote unquote identity politics or the quote unquote virtue signaling. I mean, there are a couple issues I have with some characters and some development and pacing with like the second movie, especially when they're like, 
I was sort of like when they had to, you know, remember they're being chased by the first order and then, uh, Rose and Finn go on that little side thing to find that, that, the, the swindler guy and they go to the casino planet and all that stuff. Uh, and I'm like, how long do they have to, they have like four hours to get that guy and get back. And I'm like, how are they, this entire thing, they go to jail. Like, how are they only in jail for less than four hours to be able to get back in time to save this? I just, that was kind scenes of, with all like two minutes. So yeah, I don't know, but it's sort of like, basically <laughs> it was very strange. So, but, but, but outside of that, like I just didn't have a really big problem with it. And maybe now my star Wars street cred is going to be like, you know, drag sure. on the ground, but whatever, no. man, I thought so, the overall, I thought this, yeah, I had a, I had a good time. Enjoy the sequel trilogy, the direction it went. And, and I was able to, you know, find connections to the story. And people go, Oh man, but how can Ray be Palpatine or Palpatine? And obviously they changed the plot. Maybe they did. Maybe they did not But even if they, you know, even if in episode, what seven, you know, they didn't know Ray was going to be Palpatine, but in episode nine, they figured it out. Um, you can still make an argument because when they did quote unquote figure it out, they were able to do it in a way where you can make connections with earlier movies and how that could fit. It wasn't like they just kind of like shoehorned it in there either. Although some people might be took it that way, but you can still find, you know, evidence for how you know it worked. So let me, let me ask this. And I, and I kind of want everyone's opinion on this part. Um, so, you know, they're kind of, indicating that there's a possibility that they'll just kind of retcon this whole trilogy series and, and kind of remove it from canon so that they can, you know, rewrite it or do it differently or, you know, take another direction. Right. Isn't that just the multi-universe for comics? Like they just, Oh, that was at a different universe. So it didn't really happen. Or the other thing also. here's, Here's the thing, the thing with that. So that would probably work. If we're talking, you know, Marvel Comics or DC Comics properties, which Star Wars is a Marvel comic property because it's under Disney, but that's the only reason why. Star Wars has never, has never really brought into the fold the aspect of a multiverse. They've always been singular in regards to their galaxy. So if they were to bring in something like a, uh, a multiverse of some kind, I mean, it would probably, like that would be literally the death nail with all these fanboys and Star Wars. I think it would just be a complete and utter clusterfuck because they would want to be like, why the fuck are we bringing, what is this? You know what I mean? Like they would just lose their minds. Well, and so then the veil of the force that they're talking about that they reference from like rebels is not that it's just someone. It's like someone looking through a looking glass and seeing possible futures. Is that what the veil of the force is basically? But like not necessarily a multiverse. Is that, Oh, I haven't gotten there. I haven't seen that part. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. I'm just wondering. Well, anyway. Um, well, I mean, Bebel, you told me. You saw that. And so what did you think? I mean, I really don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I'm just like, I mean, I could see why it would be time for her to leave. And it would be a great idea, I think, for Favreau to come in. Um, I just think that people are just still upset over Last Jedi, and they just want to get rid of it. And I don't think they should. I think that should be it. Skywalker Saga, done. Move on to a new story. Find some new stories. Because the whole point of this galaxy far, far away is that there's 
thousands of stories. We all know there's thousands and thousands of stories out there. I mean, there's a, whole, there's a whole long list of novels that people have written about. Yeah, fantasy. and there's characters and there's characters that well, are in those Star Wars Legends books and stuff like that that they could use and utilize. And they've thought about it. I mean, there's I mean, they're talking about the Mandalorian. Of, they did that. Yeah. Mandalorian did that. Like it's they did it great. It, huge hit. Did really well. Was really well done. And like. There is one thing that people forget. Like, there are no Jedi in the entire thing. They, they mention the Jedi kind of in passing as like these weird space wizard type things. And they don't, and they obviously don't look at them fondly. The Mandalorians are not crazy about the Jedi. They call them like sorcerers or some force sorcerers or something. But yeah, they didn't even pull that card. They, yeah, they don't have any. There were no Jedi in it. So, and, and it worked well and it was good because it demonstrates what you were saying, Bevel, that like this is an entire galaxy of stories out there. Let's tell different stories. Have you seen everything this woman's been involved with? It's yeah, crazy no, she has. Oh yeah, she has yeah. a very oh extensive career. God, yeah, dude. No, I mean, she's 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 basically produced almost every movie by Steven Spielberg since like ET, I think. Yep, yep. And every George Lucas and every Lucasfilm motion picture since then as well. This is incredible. I'm I'm just looking at her whole filmography. It's insane. Oh, someone's going down an IMDb rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah. Curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> okay. Do we have another topic? What's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> do we have another topic? Anyway. All right. Um, that's, that's Elias. Elias, do you have a topic, sir? Let's let's, let's have Elias on the topic. I, I don't. It took me a while to think about top shelf for later on. Um, <laughs> okay. So, it, forward warning: I one, you know, full disclosure, I am not an anime fan or anime watcher. If you want to reach across the mic and choke me, go for it. Um, I've just never caught onto it, but um, I feel like a complete rookie when I start listening to your podcast. All the information that you guys share, it's like, holy shit, I haven't seen that, or I haven't seen this, I haven't seen that either, and it's like I got to do more TV watching. So, I'm behind. But we're here. We're here to give you a good excuse. Thank you. In front of that TV. Yeah. Well, Hardcore was a good, a good uh, introduction. I mean, you're talking a '90s movie, and you know, kind of the retroish feel for that time. I, it was enjoyable. So it's it's kind of uh, opened my eyes. Well, wait. So we can't go into that one yet. We can't go into that no, one no, yet. No, no, no. I'm just saying overall. Let's just, see. Uh, all, all the talk. I do, you have, do, you have, do you have another one, or do you, or do you want to go, Derek? Do you want another one? Go do you got, Derek? No, Derek, go ahead. Yeah, so I found one. Um, Netflix decided to release uh, the list and the ratings of the most popular Netflix original films that they have on the platform. Right. Um, I was looking at the list, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, I've only seen like two or three of these, and I've only heard of the other two or three. Right? Um, did you guys ever hear about this? No? Yes? Nothing. Okay. So um, I'm curious if anyone, does everyone on, the, on here have uh, Netflix? You all have like a membership, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're one of the many people, or one of the 13 people that everyone just kind of, you know, gets the password <laughs> for. And then now everyone. Exactly, right? There's it. like four customers in the country, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how, uh, they're, how they're keeping afloat. I don't know what you're talking about. Netflix is a fantastic place for me. And I, and I pay, I pay my bills. Uh, so on the top 10 list, I'm curious if, if you guys want to try and keep track, how many you've seen. Okay. I'll read through them. 
The first one is Extraction. Seen it. Bird Box. Not seen it. Don't want to. Spencer Confidential. Oh, I love it. Six Underground. Yes. Murder Mystery. Yes. No. <laughs> That's the- oh, wait, wait. Is that Adam Sandler one? That's the Adam Sandler one. I think okay, Jennifer I'm Aniston. Sorry. I'm sorry. Right? Yes. Then there's Irishman. Yeah. Yes. Triple Frontier. Halfway. The wrong. I've mean, heard of that one. Number eight was the wrong Missy. Don't yes. even know that one either. The platform. No. Nope. The perfect date. I don't know about that one. That one. I'm like one one for ten. That's me too. That's it. I've only oh, seen geez. Murder Mystery. That's the only one. I saw that last summer. At that, that's the last one. No, it's yeah. Well, why why why, why were you saying that, Derek? <laughs> Well, because I'm looking at this, I've seen four of them and heard of two more. How are these so popular if I haven't even heard of them all? I don't know. I mean, I, I literally, seven through ten, I have never heard of. I've never heard of Triple Frontier, no, no Wrong Missy, Platform, or Perfect Date. None of those I've, I've even heard of. I'm so, sure, okay. yeah. How many people have watched The Irishman, the whole thing? I watched it. I, I watched it. Yeah, I could have right. done probably with the last forty-five minutes, but it was good. I honestly, I wish they had brought in younger actors. To be honest with you, because that whole de aging technique, yeah, for gentlemen, for people their age, he's playing a twenty, a 35, 30, 35 year old at seventy-five years old. He's walking like an old man, and he's supposed to be thirty-five. I'm like, yeah, I wish they would have brought someone in younger. Mm-hmm. That's funny. To- just you, there's only two of us. There's only two of us that have seen that movie. I've heard of it, of course. I know of it. I knew it was a huge deal, but I'm like, I can't. It's was what? How long is that movie? Four hours? Three hours? Like three hours? It's like four hours long? Four actually. hours? No. Yeah. No way. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like three and a half, four hours long. You know how you spend four hours? You can watch you know four hours of Mandalorian. That's a good way to spend four hours. And you know what's you know what's really funny is that when that movie movie came out at first. And this is me because I'm such a dork. And then that's probably the reason why I've watched all the movies because I'm such a movie geek. And one of the funniest things about that movie is that now if you watch the movie, the ending credits show The Irishman as a title. Okay? But The Irishman doesn't even come up in the beginning. The the the, the beginning credits don't even show. Like they don't even show when it first came out. They, they didn't, it just went straight to the movie. It just said Martin Scorsese film and it went straight into the movie and boom, you knew you were in The Irishman. And then, at, and then at the end, it would show it would say the name of the book, not even the movie, because the movie's called The Irishman, but it's based on a book called "I Hear You Paint Houses," because that's that was supposed to be like a uh, a code word for the guy, the guy who was the Irishman, the character. So they knew, "I hear you paint houses. I hear you kill people. I hear you paint houses." I am I am glad they renamed that one. Dear God, what a terrible name! Yeah. Well, that's the name, that was the name of the book. That was the name of his memoirs. I mean, it makes sense. They should have renamed it because, I mean, the Irishman at least makes sense, I guess, as a name. It fits it in my story. made the New York Times most boring titles ever. Top 10, for sure. I mean, that's Touche! <laughs> yes, yes, very terrible. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. But yeah, no, I mean, there are movies. I mean, like the new movie that came out now, The Old Guard with Charlize Theron. Ooh, Charlize, yeah. Charlize Theron. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch that movie all day. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm dying to watch it's, it. it. I watched it actually. 
spicy, um, spicy lady. It's it was it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I mean, and it's it's clearly setting up. Well, I mean, not clearly, but I think it's setting up for a franchise. Um, it's I think it's along those lines of those movies, like you know, uh, like when she made um, Atomic Blonde, right? Mm. Where which that was a great film as well, and I think they're developing a sequel to that. I heard, I just read. Um, but it's it's it looks like a movie that she had fun making, you know, because she likes that physicality of it and the yeah. stunts and the and the fight choreography, you know. Um, and it's a really cool. Co- I mean, I love the concept because I'm you know, I'm a big Highlander fan, so you throw in like ancient warriors who are like tired of the life or whatever, and I'm all over it. So it's um it was it was fun. It's a fun movie. It's a really cool movie. So yeah, check that out. Is that your top shelf? Or are you giving it to us quick? Nope. Not even, not at all. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. All right. All right. Well, I thought uh, that was an interesting article. Anyone else have uh, some other news they want to share? I mean, I have something. I have something that, um, so they, um, over the, over the last week or so, they've been, the people have been kind of interviewing the guy who was the, um, I guess the scientific consultant on Avengers Endgame. Because he's gonna be. There's, they hired a person for that. They hired a person for the for the for the whole time the whole time aspect of it. The time travel stuff. The time like, travel, yeah, exactly, exactly. Time travel stuff. Oh, is that why I can't understand it? It doesn't make sense to me. I swear to God, I go, I don't get it. I've tried. How do you not get it? It's easy. I don't know. It's it, but for me, it's like my mind goes. So they have to go back and put it back where it was, but. But like that way, okay. So but at the exact back. same moment, like I, I, I don't know. I've never, I've never, for some reason, I've never understood the whole time travel. They have to, they, they, they have to go back to the exact same moment because then it won't create a branch. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but like, I guess, do they? I, I imagine like Back to the Future a little bit in that they get to the exact same moment and they kind of wait till their version of that old version left, so they don't like run into them, and then they give it, they put it back the spot. I don't know. I, I think that's exactly. I think that, I think that's exactly where they came. But if we remember, that's why Loki is still alive because he took that tesseract in that first part. Oh, yeah, man. I know that, and that that's completely unrelated. I think you just want to throw that in there, but no, well, that's well, that's a branch. That's a branch. Yeah, which is why we about. have now a Loki series to be able to watch exactly on exactly. Uh, Disney Plus. Exactly. Well, in any case, so this guy named Dr. Clifford Johnson, he's kind of been their science consultant um, for Ragnarok and for um, Avengers Endgame. Okay, so he was their guy to make sure that they at least were at least something like scientifically accurate. All right, I know we had some issues with my microphone, but you guys, I'm, you guys are still hearing me good, right? I'm not too distant. I'm still you guys sound fine. Sound perfect. All right, perfect. All right, either way. Um, Perfection. Case, yes, perfect. Excellent. Um, so the um, so there have been a lot of people, of course, with the whole multiverse thing that everyone's talking about. With uh, we talked about in the last episode, um, in regards to Avengers and people wondering how they're going to bring in the Fantastic Four. So somebody went and contacted Clifford Johnson. Now, granted, he hasn't been hired right now. The only thing he's hired for right now, Goody, funny enough, based on what we spoke about last week, he's been hired as a science consultant for Flashpoint. There it is. There you go. Um, so he's been hired as that, but they asked him, okay, so they asked him what he thought about the possibility of the multiverse and how they're going to introduce uh, the Fantastic Four and uh, Namor and the X-Men and everything like that. And he's like, okay, so my, my, my thing is, is that he said, he said that he thinks the best way for that to happen is to work it through the Black Panther sequel. That because Black Panther is a character that appeared in Fantastic Four comics. He's a character that came from the Fantastic Four, quote unquote, universe. You know what I'm saying? 
That's crazy. I never, I, I didn't know that at all. And I'm glad yeah. that he had a clue. So he, he first off, is that because the reason is, is because they're so far ahead as far as science is concerned compared to everyone else in the world. He thinks that Wakanda is going to be the best way to be able to introduce the Fantastic Four because they end up, you know, finding out that there's something in that, in, in some, in some other dimension that they have to, they find out there's humans there and they have to save them kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of like what he's saying is that he has to, that's how they get brought into the MCU because they've been in this dimension, which is what the comics were. They went into another dimension and they got hit with, uh, was it called gamma rays or whatever, Goody? Like everything Probably was gamma it's always, rays. it's always gamma rays, right? So, yeah. Sure. Why not? Some why type not? of, some, some type of radiation. How does my uh, microwave work? Gamma rays. I, I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna be Why is my burrito home? cooked so quickly? Gamma, gamma rays. <laughs> but in any Why did that hamster blow up in Maniac Mansion so easily oh and so gosh. deliciously? <laughs> oh, yes. Gamma rays. <laughs> okay, qu- shout out to Maniac Mansion video game. What? What? <laughs> I don't think Nerdgasm. anybody. All right. <laughs> what, oh, think- wait, wait. If I'm understanding it correctly, before we go off the rails here again, <laughs> um, the idea is that the Fantastic Four, the whatever, at some point in the current MCU got trapped and we didn't know about it. And then the people in Wakanda found them. Or is it like they're pulling them, they got trapped in their whatever alternate dimension they're in. And the Wakanda, the people from Wakanda are, are rescuing them. Or is it like that's, they got that's trapped at some earlier point and they're yeah, now they being got, rescued and we didn't know what was going on because they were a secret, you know, experiment or something or whatever. But if, if you remember in, in, um, in, um, Spider-Man Homecoming, remember, the Baxter building was in the background whenever he was swinging around. So it was there. Yeah, so, I, I don't remember that at all. So, so for, well, it, was. Anyone, it was. For anyone, you know, at home weeks from now listening to this podcast, <laughs> you're also lost right now. Just know you're not alone. I'm, I'm right <laughs> Elias? You said the Baxter building was in the background of Spider-Man Homecoming? I believe so. It was in the background of home, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, now you believe so, but you said it so assertively before. Yeah. I, you know what? I am, I'm, I'm going to say it is. You know why? Because I am better than you, Goody, in, in every shape and form. Wow. All right. You're not the boss of me. But when, in any case, <laughs> will this roller coaster I'm stop? smart. I got I'm, I'm smart. I'm smart. I'm smart, Michael. Anyways, but no, but, but that's, that's, what he said would probably be the best way to bring in the Fantastic Four into the MCU is to bring them in through Wakanda in that aspect. You know, because I, he thinks, go ahead, go ahead. No, because he just thinks that they have the technology to be able to do that compared to everyone else. Well, I like how like random science, well, not random science consultant, but the science consultant is now like contributing storyline ideas to them. It's like, I'm a science consultant, but I also have these three screenplays I developed. Uh, some might call it fan fiction, but I call it, you know, cinema. I don't know. It's but it's it's Hollywood, baby. But it's it's funny how this guy's like, you know what? Here's a plot idea. Call me MCU or Marvel and or it's, Disney and or it's, whatever. And it's scientifically sound. Science. Wink wink. Science. It's like Beekman's World in oh. MCU. <laughs> oh, God. Wow, Beekman's World. Love Jeez. that show. Dude. Dude, I mean, I mean, we, we, we just we need to have like a spinning wheel of references or something. Like, yes, we're, okay, we're, I have to warn you guys: Beekman's world does not pass the Thundercats test. Really? Oh, I, I, no. I, that's oh well. You know what? That doesn't shock me. Just, just Nothing. don't ruin it. Just enjoy do, the boys. Okay, I have something to bring up the Beekman's world quotient 
in this conversation. Um, because oh, we need that. You, All right, go ahead. Yes, right now we do because apparently it doesn't pass the Thundercats effect. Um, so in regards to Big Man's World, the one piece of information that's always kept with me, and I think Goody knows what I'm going to go with, is the aspect of the person who invented the flushing mechanism for a toilet. What? Okay. The person who invented the flushing mechanism for a toilet, and this is no lie because it was in Beekman's world. Well, okay. <laughs> Consider His the source, name, but all right. No, I mean, I've looked it up too. It's it's correct. His name was John Crapper. Not even joking. <laughs> Not Jesus even joking. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh created, he created the flushing mechanism in toilets. Back then, it was just outhouses. And you just this, literally shit in a hole. Podcast. But, has devolved so far. <laughs> that's that's what we do. We do. It's, it's a learn. It's a, this is an educational podcast as well as an as, a, as an entertaining podcast. You know, we bring it. You know, Miss Frizzling got Miss Frizzling got shit on me, guys. Just oh my know. god. Okay, oh, is that is that the the school yes. bus lady? Yes, the magic school bus. Oh, the lady. I think the lady <laughs> who the invented that or wrote the series passed away actually just today. R.I.P. Look, we got some news. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh, look at that. Some news from Elias. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I see the most random crap online. Obviously, like you guys do too, but I'm almost certain she passed. Please hold. Oh, she did. She literally, actually, she passed uh, on the 12th, just a couple days ago. Yeah. National Treasure. What what was her name? Joanna Cole, apparently. R.I.P. Joanna Cole, you are a National Treasure, or were a National Treasure. Were, yeah. It's so hard. Well, I I said what we should do with all the people that are national treasures. We should take a portion. Do what they used to, used to do with like uh, uh, other things. Just kind of like take a portion of their DNA and then boil it down to a tea, and that way we can drink them and take their power. Yes, it's like ravenous Where all over again. You, you guys, <laughs> so, so I'm reading up on this whole John Crapper or Thomas Crapper thing. <laughs> So check, check out check out this sentence. Thomas Crapper manufactured one of the first widely successful lines of flush toilets. Crapper did not invent the toilet, but he did develop the ball cock. Yes, an improved, an improved yes. filling mechanism still used in toilets today. Dude, you know, in every aspect of that sentence is fantastic. It almost like it's almost like it's almost like. Was he the gimp? Is he the first gimp from Pulp Fiction? What? No connection. There is no connection. I Are you even, sure? Was he? The, Are you sure? Yeah, Are you I know. Sure, I am. At, that doesn't even make sense. You're just. I don't you know, just, man. You just want to make a. You know what? You're like your name dropping. Now you're like reference dropping. Oh, it's let me see. Zipper mouth leather guy. Let's do that. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, please. <laughs> I'm still What's waiting the for the Batman. Uh, oh, the what is it? The the BVS uh, Batman versus Superman uh, <laughs> correlation to something or some conversation? Yeah, not yet. Not Always. yet. Not yet. Got one. Mortal. No. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> oh shit! Anyway, what was your dad's name? Jonathan. Oh, it's different. Okay, forget it. Your dad's name Thomas too. Justice. Where is the Joker? Oh my god. What is the next topic? <laughs> nah, Goody, do you have another topic? No, nah, I'm, I'm all tapped out now. I mean, I think uh, we could end on that note. Oh, gosh. All right. Refill break. <laughs> all right, so, wait. So, uh, 
Yeah. What, what happened? No. What happened? No, nothing, nothing, nothing at all. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, um, as always, every episode we have what we call the refill break. Um, this episode would be no different. So, if you need to have a bio break or refill your cup like we do, um, I got to fill up my turbis. Um, once uh, we'll, we're going to go ahead Sounds and. It's like a medical condition, dude. Oh, yes. It's almost like a, it's almost like a colostomy bag, but in a cup. Oh that's, my god! That's I'm that, going that, is, that is the worst. Wow, dude. Um, Sorry, anyways, of turbis, I have to refill my turbis as well. Um, my my Mandalorian themed turbis. It's a lovely oh, shot of the nice. Mandalor- Mando nice. and the and the child with the silhouette sunset in the background. All right, there we go. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna have the refill break. And actually, I had another topic, but I mean, it doesn't matter. It was about the the new Clone Wars uh, TV show, The Bad Batch. But there's no reason to even go into it, I don't think. Ooh, but, um, God, I don't know enough about it, but I'm excited. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it just, okay. Let me just, just go into quick. it. Just do it. Just do it. You open it, it up. Do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Anyway, do it live. Um, do it I'm going to be like, do it I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like Joe Pesci needs a weapon. Okay. 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 Um, so the Bad Batch was a group of mercenaries that were, that are clones, but they were, a bad batch of clones. They were clones that were basically just kind of thrown aside and they became, uh, like a, like a special forces mercenary type group of the clone army that essentially was sent into suicide missions. So I guess you call them like a suicide squad of clones. I mean, and each of them were just, I mean, they're all fucking batshit crazy, but they all had their own thing. And, um, and so they showed up in one of the Clone Wars episodes from this last season and they were phenomenal. It was an amazing crew of Clone Wars, uh, so clone soldiers. And I mean, I'm so happy they're going to make this episode of the series because it's going to show us kind of like what happened to the clones after the Clone Wars, which should be fun because it's going to take place after the Clone Wars when the Empire has already taken effect. So these, I'm, it's I'm after excited. Order 66? Basically? It's after Order 66, yeah. Okay. Ooh. Which that was an amazing scene, by the way. I have never. It was such an. Did you watch it? Finally, no, don't say anything. I'm still watching. Oh God! You and guys. to answer your question, no, I haven't either. So. God, Goody, I'm so disappointed. You're supposed to be this fucking huge Star Wars guy, and I'm so disappointed in you, man. You know what? Um, you know I have no response to that. You're right. You should. You should be ashamed of yourself. Shame. I am. Shame. I am. Elias. Elias, have you seen Clone Wars yet? No, dude. I was actually going to ask you. You had said, I think, on one of the previous episodes that there was a special order not to follow however it was released. Yeah, if you go into, like, I think it's like Star Wars Direct or StarWars.com. Just Google it. Google chronological order for Star Wars Clone Wars series, and it will literally show you everything. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, and, and, and it, it gives you the chronological order of every episode because if you watch it the way it's set up, like on Disney Plus, the way it is, the way it premiered, you're gonna go through episodes, and then all of a sudden, like one season over, something happens from a previous episode. You're like, "Holy shit! What? What the hell, dude?" And I didn't even know about this whole or episode order thing. And when I was already halfway done with like the final season before this last final season, I was like, "Oh no, I don't need to worry about that anymore." Dude, but I'm yeah, still... it's it's worth it. Do, do you remember the original X-Men cartoon that we used to watch when we were little kids on Saturdays? Yeah, that X-Men 92. Beautiful? Yeah. I didn't know the way they released it on um, in those morning. Uh, it was never released in a chronological order. That's why the order never no, made sense. Yeah, so, yeah it's, it's, it's very true. 
Yeah, and crazy. it's one of those like cartoons that we got when we were younger that actually tried to create like real story arcs, at least a little bit of it and stuff. Yeah, dude. And so when it's out of order, you're like, what is going on sometimes? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Wait, what did you find those somewhere or? They're, well, they're, they're on Disney Plus, Goody. They are. Okay. Yeah, X Men 92 is on Disney Plus. That's what kind of sparked the interest in, in looking up articles and none of it was shipped in, uh, in order or shown in order. So that's why it was a complete cluster. It didn't make any sense when we watched it. All right. Now I, now I realize that all these years I thought, man, I don't understand how stories work. I guess, I guess I don't, it's above me. And, uh, now I realize it wasn't me. It was, it was, I guess it was Fox. That was who was there. They were premiering it. So I don't know, uh, man. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was, it's, it was like one of those things that like, you know, cause I don't understand how Dave Filoni did all that stuff just, just as fun. I mean, what the, I mean, how did he, why did he go so like haphazard with the order? I don't, I could never understand why he did that, but I'm sure he had a greater purpose behind it or he just wanted to say, fuck it. I'm going to just go crazy. I don't feel like doing that episode. I'll do this one. You know what I mean? Like it was just weird. But in any way, shape, or form, I mean, that's that's the thing. That's the new kind of – and, of course, there's a rumor, another rumor that Hayden Christensen is going to come back for Obi-Wan, but that's just true. We don't even know if that's true yet. You know what I mean? That's kind of one of those things they're going to have been talking about. So, so anyways, uh, but now that we've gone through another tangent, always fun. I love them. They're fantastic. They're huge. Huge tangents. tangents. Oh my gosh. Uh, wow. Thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> They're amazing. I'm great. I'm fantastic. Huge. Anyways, so um, <laughs> we're going to have the refill break, guys, and uh, we'll be right back. Everybody, we're back. I hope you guys were able to, uh, as they say, see a man about a dog or leak the lizard, as they say. That's, refit. That's, really what they say. that's really that's that's nope. really a phrase. They don't say. Well, shake the dew off of the lily. There you go. That's another one. That's another one, as they say. They leak the lizard. Or, I don't think they say never, that anymore, though. You've there never you heard of seeing a man about a dog? It's fantastic. That's a great one. I've never never heard of that one. And I was I was quoting a Knight's Tale, and I've actually had confirmation that it is an old saying for going to the bathroom. But in any way, shape, or form, we are back. Um, we've uh, had our bio breaks, had our refills. I got my Turvis cup full of my Bacardi Black. Uh, Goodies have got gone gone into his sixteenth shot of vodka and uh, and and bubbly. Yeah, although this time, actually, no, it's not bubbly right now. I switched out of the bubbly and hit the uh, the uh, nice Gosling's ginger beer and yes. vodka. All I need is a lime, and I have myself a Moscow Mule, but I don't have the lime, so it's just ginger beer and vodka, whatever or they the call copper, that. I don't know. You need a copper cup, right? Oh, and the copper cup. Yeah, well, I have the copper cups. So I just haven't. I mean, I mean, a lot more could, involved. Could, All right, moving could, on. Sorry. Could, could that be called a Siberian Mule because it's just not rich enough? No, for it's. Lime? Oh wow, you're gonna make that call about Siberia, but uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. It's just it's it's the it's, Gulag Mule. It's the wow, Gulag Mule. we're gonna okay. Well, I mean, they end up involved with a lot of people. I think we've made that name. I, th- I think we should. Ta- I think we should trademark it. No, we didn't. No, we, re- we really shouldn't. We didn't make anything. <laughs> Nothing happened well, there. Okay, and, and Derek, are you continuing to drink your um, Sprite? Jalisco a Sprite. Oh, there you go. Your Sprite. 
Cracking a new one open. It is. Oh, I heard it. What, what the cap I heard right good. there? That was nice. Nice. I like that. It's almost like ASMR. Could you have done it slower and then like lowered your voice and just kind of breathe and right now, into the and, microphone? And it, and, and it would have been orgasmic. Could it have been like this? <laughs> yes. been like that. The bottle cap had just been flipped off. Dude, I could picture you over that microphone, Moody. <laughs> Creepily, like stroking it. <laughs> my Jesus, lips, man. My lips were gently brushing against yeah. the metallic microphone. <laughs> Your nasty vodka breath. Can you hear me? Oh, Can God. you hear me? Can you feel me? What What is going on? <laughs> Do you, oh wait, yeah, you're having beer. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Do you feel me? Do you feel me? Oh this, my is, God. this is how Goody used to pick up the girls in college, by the way. <laughs> this so is all going to so you know. how, 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 Jenny, how Jenny fell for it, I'll never know. She's a Hylia girl. That's, that's all you got to know, man. Wow. I, wow. I can say that. I can say that, and I can't get in trouble because I live literally across the fence from where she grew up. So. Yeah. Same Mangoville well, neighborhood. I feel I feel like everybody in Hylia is like five minutes away from everyone else. Like everything is five minutes away from everything else in Hylia. Like you would be, it seems that way anyway. It's like, oh, where'd you live? Or what street? Oh yeah, I live five minutes from there. Everyone's five minutes from everybody. It doesn't matter where you are. It's a strange it- vortex of time. It's kind of like the time travel thing from Avengers. I don't get <laughs> how it works, but it works. Is that the east side or the west side there, Elias? East west, or west side? West, bro. Is okay, Michelle from the I, east or she's got roots in the I, east, right? Well, no. Remember, Michelle grew up in 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 the nowhere, in off the of uh, tw- off of twenty seventh and seventeenth Northwest near the Magic City Casino. Manda, okay. Like she's just she lived literally across the street from the bridge before you go into Alapada. So gotcha. either way, but anyways, uh, anybody who's in Miami knows what I'm talking about. So yeah, Derek's like, where the fuck are you guys talking? About? <laughs> <laughs> Derek's like I just lived in Houston. I don't so, know what you guys are talking about. I, I lived in Houston for two years. You live out in yeah, Houston, Derek. Can someone just please send help? <laughs> I lived no, in yeah, no, no. Clearly. Yeah, Elias. Yeah, Derek. Yes, he lives in Clear Lake, bro. Clear Lake. Yep, down south, across Johnson Space Center. Yeah, yeah, I know where that's at. My goodness, jeez. Yeah, he was. You, 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 you working? You working for NASA, weren't you? Crazy, huh? Yep. I spent two years out there working for Boeing as a contractor. Boeing, yes. Boeing, Boeing. Good times. Yeah, dude. All right. So anyway, so enough about uh, enough about Elias and Derek. Um, so um, we're gonna go ahead and talk about the motion picture that we chose this week, which is like I always said, is the classic '90s. Uh, Hong Kong action movie. It's classic for me and for people who actually watched it in that time frame. Um, and in, and of course in Hong Kong. Um, but it was the movie that basically kind of cemented John Woo as a Hong Kong action icon, basically as a director. He had The Killer, which is a fantastic movie. And this movie came out after The Killer. The Killer was great. Killer was actually, I think in my, in my, a better quote unquote film. Per se, because it, it it just it just felt deeper, but Hard Boiled is just I think in my mind is a perfect action movie. I mean, it's just so much stuff about it, and it's everything that you would expect from a John Woo film. I mean, Goody and I watched it. When we were in high school. 
I don't know about Goody, but for me, it did not hit the Thundercat effect at all. No. Because- well, I'm not, okay. Well, we're, <laughs> well, we're well, we'll get it. Right? We'll, we get doing- well, wait, well, okay. wait. Go ahead. Well, wait. But what we're going to talk about, so the motion picture, if you haven't seen it, it's hard to find now. But if you can, it's definitely worth watching. Um, it's the motion picture, like I said, it's called Hard Worlds, directed by the great action director John Woo. It stars the great um, Ch- um, Hong Kong actor um, Chow Yun Fat, which we've seen in a lot of movies like Bulletproof Monk and um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, um, among other motion pictures. Um, he's always fantastic in everything he is. He's in. Um, also, is an actor by the name of Tony Leung. Now, Tony Leung, a lot of people may not know outside of um, outside of Asia, but he played um, he played uh, Ip Man in a movie called The Grandmaster. Um, he's also he was also uh, kind of a pioneer in motion picture because um, right around the time I think either after it was like the one or two movies after he made this motion picture, he actually made a motion picture called Happy Together, directed by I believe it was Wong Kar Wai. And it was a. It's like one of the first like movies uh, to show like true um, LGBTQ plus relationship, but like in all its forms. I mean, in every aspect of what the relationship would be, and it's 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 really famous because it was one of the first movies in Hong Kong to show that, if not the first movie to show, you know. That those kinds of scenes and things of that nature for the motion picture, and it was a it was a fantastic motion picture. Hit the the this is me. This is where I'm getting into my nerd aspect of my cinephile portion and of the you, movie. You went into that ten minutes ago. Yeah, yeah so like, like, now is not that's it's not happening now. <laughs> but I'm saying like this is before. where my mind. This is where this is why I'm like my mind is just full of this crap. But either way, it, it stars Tony Leung and a lot of other actors in there have been in other stuff. If you watch it, you realize, oh, shit. But um, in any way, shape, or form, the movie is, like I said, it's called Hard Boiled. As far as the synopsis is concerned, it's about a detective sergeant who is investigating gun running in Hong Kong. And for all the purposes, his whole job is to bring down the gun runners and just bullets everywhere. That's all I can say. I don't know if you want to say. I, I mean, I can look up the synopsis in IMDb, but that's really all there is to it. Okay. You didn't talk about the most important thing, though. Why would you call this episode Baguette? Okay, sorry. Yeah, the reason you, you why got, I call you got to define it, man. You got to define. I'm the sorry. I'm sorry. Use. I'm sorry. So, so the reason why I'm calling it Baguette is because this movie is so '90s action. And it's it's it, what we call as a total baguette. It was that, I mean, I don't think I ever saw him literally load a weapon in this motion picture. And he shot, <laughs> he true. shot bullets. He shot bullets everywhere. Uh, in fact, I mean, this motion picture. Okay, so give me the synopsis. According to IMDb, is a tough as nails cop teams up with an undercover agent to shut down a sinister mobster and his crew. Boom. That's the IMDb <laughs> synopsis. But I mean, it's baguette because it's just. I mean, how does he not get shot? How is there? How does he not injured? Did not even have background music. It was just fire. The background music came in for like two seconds, and they were oddly synth like synth sounds out of like a eighties keyboard. But my god! (laughs) I mean, okay. So, um, all right. So, I'm gonna go ahead and just give you guys one stat, and I'm gonna it's a stat that I can say. So according, I mean, back in the day, I mean, it got one upped already, but before the motion picture face-off, which was also directed by John Woo, and I think I told you guys this, 
Um, this movie actually held the Guinness Book of World Records of most gunfire shot in a motion picture. I totally like, believe that. Yeah. I mean, no, completely. <laughs> and I love how, like, I love how, like, the director broke his own record with another movie later on, which uh, you didn't mention it, but like, this was the last one he made before he made his leap to Hollywood. Like, this kind of like, yeah. solidified all the tropes you see in his movies, in John Woo's movies and John Woo's style was like solidified with this movie, I think. And then after this movie, he went to, went to Hollywood to make other films, which people, you know, other people might have seen or. Yeah. I mean, this is, from this movie, he went from hard boiled to hard target. With JCVD. JCVD, JCVD. That's another national treasure, not American, but still. The the muscles muscles from Brussels. Brussels. No, John Clyde. I'm like, geez. All right, so because because Elias is our guest tonight, I think he should give us his thoughts on the motion picture. So Elias, go ahead, brother. Knock yourself out. I think I had told you the other day – I almost feel like this film was being sold to America and they told him, nah, it's, it's okay. We're going to pass. And he just essentially took the entire script and didn't change a single thing and just put a bunch of Asian actors in it and Asian, um, it's an Asian script. Um, the fact that the, the lead detective or detective sergeant, whatever the hell you want to call him is called tequila. It's, I don't know. I just find a lot of amusing little things in this whole film. So, um, it's appropriate for the time, kind of in, in line with what we've seen or expected from those, uh, early nineties, late eighties movies it has that like Miami vice feel to it slash bad boys. It's almost like bad boys played homage or homage, homage to uh, there you the go. film, right? So yeah, it's, it's, it's a great mix. It's entertaining. It just didn't stop. Like you said, the bullets flew and I'm pretty surprised that a statistic like that, you know, most, gunshots or gunfire in a movie um that's pretty huge (laughs) i was really surprised by just how much of that movie just continuously was gunfire it still i my wife asked me to tell you this tomas but she said she wanted me to ask what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) How, how did you find this movie is the okay. big question. All right, Goody, Goody, you want to explain that? You remember or no? <laughs> no, I, you're, no, you're asking me like, could you please Goody's go back like, to when no. you were in eighth or eighth or ninth grade and right. uh, tell us what He's happened? Like, no, man. So, so Here, let me, look, look, look. Here's here's the thing, and I thank you for this, Bebel, because I thank you for it. However, um, like I only watched those kinds of movies because you would put them on, and there was nothing else to watch because this is like. <laughs> Before the internet was a really big thing for movies or I'll, anything. I'll take that. I'll take that. No, I'll take and, that. And, you know, and it, was, it ended up great because I watched stuff I wouldn't normally have watched. Like, I remember when you pulled out like Reservoir Dogs and I'm like, oh, it's this guy, Quentin Tarantino, Reservoir Dog. I'm like, okay, let's just watch it. And I'm like, oh my God. But it was a good movie. So like it was, but yeah, I didn't watch, I only watched it because you made it, but I have no idea the backstory. All I know is watching. I do remember this thing <laughs> as you were saying all the gunfire, Derek, and all that. And what you're, <laughs> But like, I remember thinking, like being exhausted the first time I watched that movie. Like, I was tired because it was so much gunfire <laughs> and like the jumping and the dual wielding pistols. And, and I was just like, and I'm like, I'm just, I, even now, 
right now I'm talking about it and I feel like my body is tired because like it's exhausting. And I don't know, I can't imagine like like the amount of squibs that they went through, like of like of like these actors have to like show they were getting shot and then like, no, 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 set it up again, do it again. And like yeah. how many blanks they went through, like how many thousands of I'm I'm gonna say it, thousands of blanks they must have gone through and like they do the whole scene and they go, no, the camera's out of focus. Let's do it again. And it's like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> and, I don't and of know. course, it was probably like John Woo was like, you know, that was good, but let's do it again. Let's see how let's that see, rolls. Let's see how it goes one more time. See how it goes. So anyway, <laughs> so no, the background for us, I have no idea. So go ahead, Bevel. Whatever. All right. So, wait, so, wait, so it, are it, we it, not going to even acknowledge like how the people react when they're shot? Like they go into convulsions or something? Oh no, no, we will, we will, we will yes, discuss please. it. We, we, we will discuss it. We'll, we're, we're definitely going to break down the motion picture, actually. So here, here, here's the story behind the motion picture. And it's pretty damn simple. Like everything that me and my brother watched a lot when we were younger, I was always just like, all right, what can we see? You know, and I always like want to see something different. You know what I mean? And um, like my brother would have never gone to go see uh, Train Spot, Train Spotting. You would have never gone to go see it. Nope. And then, never. and then, and then, oh, and then, because I'm also, <laughs> I'm little. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm young. I'm like, you were like, you were like, you were like, you were like, uh, 14 years old, I think. Yeah. Like, so, hey, you guys want to go see an independent film from England? No, I'm not, <laughs> or Scotland? No, I'm not doing that, man. But, but, but you tell but, me but, the guy from Hackers is in it. I'm like, wait, Johnny Lee Miller? I'll share that. But all no right, one else yeah, so, cares about Johnny Miller the, at that point. Ex- exactly. So Goody would love Johnny Miller at that point. So we went to go see Train Spotting, and we and after the movie, I'll do the Goody. Goody, you liked it? And he's like, it was amazing. You know, what I mean, it was just fantastic motion picture. But anyways, tangent. But um, I I did that a lot. I showed Goody a lot of movies that he probably would not have seen. Um, case in point, you know that this movie because this movie was at Blockbuster and it was quote unquote a YRV movie like like Akira was when we Wait, talked about it. You, you lost me. You lost me at Blockbuster. Yes, it was. <laughs> so, hey, so, if you've ever seen Captain Marvel, yes, you know that yes. Blockbuster was a thing. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But so at Blockbuster they had that youth restricted viewing where you had to be seventeen plus to rent it. Well, sometimes the boxes wouldn't have the sticker on them, so. I would take off the sticker and I'd take it up to show it to my mom and she would just rent it. (laughs) (laughs) Your poor mother. (laughs) That's how we saw Akira when I was like in like ninth grade and grew in seventh. (laughs) So yeah. And I, and I had no idea what was going on. And then I'm like, Oh, what is this even about? What? Why is this kid? Powers. (laughs) So anyways, so we help, help me. So, um, so that's one of those movies that we just that ended up so much. ended up watching hard boiled that way and and you know and thankfully so because because I don't think a lot of people I mean that we know that unless we showed it to them saw the motion picture I mean really it was one of those movies that we were like done watching movie we were like holy shit <laughs> like Goody said we were exhausted at the end of that movie like wow that's a lot of gunfire <laughs> that was a lot what of was gunfire it, like, the, the last part of the movie the last half hour was just one huge action scene right. No, I mean that that motion picture. This motion picture, you know, we're gonna get into it now. But it's like it's like every like it's like all these acts, these big, large gunfire action scenes, and then in between, it's just like maybe like ten minutes of dialogue. You know, other than that, it's just out or there. Weird, weird scenes with saxophone playing and guy playing a flute or or a, a clarinet. It's, in a, it's clarinet. a clarinet. 
Yes, yes. So, yeah, I mean, and, and this was one of those things when we saw the movie, we were just like, oh, shit, this was great. And, you know, it just, for me, it just, it just cemented, like, me as being, you know, just wanted to watch as many movies as I can. And I do. I watch so much stuff. And that's why when you were doing the list that we were talking about earlier, I mean, I'd seen, like, probably, like, seven out of those ten movies, you know? Well, the beauty of it is that, like, you gotta go back, again, you mentioned it, like, you getting access to these kinds of films back in the early, mid even late nineties is not, was not easy. And it wasn't because, because yes, the internet existed, but didn't exist until the mid, the mid to late nineties and not any really big way, at least not for average consumer. I mean, if you're like random hacker dude, you could go on forums and BBSs and do all that, which one of those again, but, but Dating. like, but, but, <laughs> but, you know, but for us random, like, you know, high school kids, you know, getting foreign films like that was not always easy to get. And you'd go to the foreign section, of blockbuster and it wasn't like you would you know there there wasn't some sort of website you can check out what four top 10 foreign films you should check out like that doesn't exist obviously no. so you see a, you see the cover of the movie you take a chance on that movie and you're like oh man who's the director you read the the box you're like oh the director and you and then you go hope that they have more movies of that same director because you yeah. like what they were doing and yeah. then you find out, whoa, this guy's making this movie with Jean-Paul Van Damme. And oh man, this guy later on, you know, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage face off, which is phenomenal. I think it's almost a magnum. And then he makes Mission Impossible 2. You're like, oh my God. So yeah. What is it's the a- box? What is the blockbuster box? The image of the, of him in the uniform holding the baby too, or no? No, 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 no. It was it. The, I can I can tell you what the box was. It is him. It's him in the tea shop leaning over the, the rail shooting with both guns. Okay, yeah, with a cigarette and cool. with a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah, and, yeah, and then, the, the whole dual wielding pistols thing. And then behind him, and then he's leaning. He's you. You don't know he's leaning on a rail because all they have is is his silhouette. And then he's leaning against the name hard boiled. And then in the background is the city of Hong Kong. <laughs> That's just what it is. Yeah, it's a lot of different, a lot of in, interesting images. But that also that movie showed me you can fire two guns at the same time. Like that's like what that was something people and, couldn't do. I had no and, idea people hit, could do that and, and hit hit bullseyes every time. Oh, every time, yeah. every if time. If you're the good guy, if you're the good guy, not, well, yeah, not the bad guys. <laughs> if you're the bad guy or a stormtrooper, you can't hit for yeah, crap. You, you went to the school uh, school uh, stormtrooper school shooting exactly. Exactly. I watched all the thing, it. and that's all I kept thinking of was stormtrooper stormtrooper shooting. Like they were all auditioning for Star Wars. All right, so basically, so yeah, so as we've said, we've waxed, we've waxed poetic in regards to the motion picture. So let's go ahead and dive into the motion picture, guys. I mean, um, I, I really want to hear what you and, uh, what, 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 you know, Elias and Derek have to say, because me and Woody have talked about this movie so many times in our lives. I mean, we've all, we've watched it so many times and, and we really want to hear what you guys have to say. But, um, so, you know, Elias, talk about, let's talk about that first sequence. The tea shop, the tea shop sequence. What did you think about that? That was impressive. The first thing I was thinking about was, do they legitimately have these tea shops where people walk in there with like finches and birds? I was kind of like fascinated by that. Um, so that was pretty funny. But uh, no, it was intense, just like you guys are saying. And even rewinding a little bit more to him in the jazz club and kind of like mixing his drink and the way he mixed it, and it was like all assertive and pounding it on the table and not even like stirring it and taking it down with. I think a puff of, of a cigarette and then going and playing the clarinet. I thought that was funny, but that whole opening sequence was impressive. Um, and the blood splatter when he killed the guy, when he finally caught up to him and kind of like disarmed I remember, him. I remember at the end when we saw that first scene, I remember right off the bat when we saw it, me and Goody both went an audible, oh my God! Yeah. Like, like we had never seen something like that Dude, ever that in a intense. movie. I mean, the guy's like, what, he's like, 
bathed in flour or whatever the hell, all white, and then he just like takes the guy out and blood everywhere. It was pretty funny, impressive too. But uh, it was good. It's entertaining. I mean, it was that that whole scene. You're like, holy shit! And I kind of read ahead a little bit just to see what I was getting into and uh, prepping myself for like the later part of the movie with with that huge action scene in the hospital, and it was impressive. I mean, just really impressive. So, I'll defer to Mr. Derek. Oh, I don't know, man. I think um, I th- it was it was a long time that I was sitting in front of the TV, not realizing that there hadn't been a moment without gunfire in twenty minutes. Did you like guys was- see how how powerful the, the shotguns were in every scene? Yes, oh, yes. <laughs> seventy feet away, it blows everything apart. You're like, holy shit! But uh, I thought that was really yeah. funny. Yeah, I mean, they're on like they're probably doing like the uh, what do they call it a pull rope or whatever, where they yank the people past in the in the the stunt room or whatever. But my gosh, the, the shot and then randomly, like all these thugs have easy access to hand grenades. I mean. <laughs> Well, what I think is funny about this whole this movie was like all the gunplay, and I don't know if you were to mention this, but like like this was still at a time when Hong Kong was a colony of of Britain. Right? It was still a British colony at this point. That's why that's why they're called the Royal Hong Kong Police or or whatever it is because they were still a British colony. And you know, guns are not easy to get unless you're in a John Woo film. Because, wow, guns are really easy to get in Hong Kong if you're in a John Woo film. And I was kind of like, because like, I didn't notice that when I was younger. But looking back, and when I watched it, I'm like, wait a second. Guns should not be that easy. To, I mean, everyone's got a gun. And like you said, hand grenades, which are, you know, one would think with a little I more mean, control. all you have to do is go to your local dumpling restaurant with a finch, and you can have a gun. There you go. Apparently. Apparently. And, and what they always made a reference a couple times in the movie, what, to like, ha, they have a thirty-eight. That's or we have thirty eights and they got something else. Uh, I guess talking about the caliber of the gun. So I'm I'm with you. I was kind of curious about restrictions on on arms overall in Hong Kong, and you know again how they made everything so easy for them to get and procure and use. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, this this movie motion picture was filmed, and of course it came out, um, you know, five years before the what's it called, the the, the transition or the turnover. Yeah, exactly. You know, the turnover from England to China of Hong Kong. So, so I mean, they went by the British colonial rule, the laws. So, I mean, it was, you know, it, Goody's right. I mean, in England, it's very hard to come by on a gun. I mean, you really have to step over a lot of hurdles to get a, a gun in England, um, at least back then. So having that much access to weapons, I mean, there's so much hardware in this movie. It's so crazy how much hardware is in this motion picture it's insane but yeah i think i just realized that what was the name of the uh, tequila tequila our main (laughs) main, uh protagonist here right he's basically don't mess with the zohan oh god You get See, it? How how'd you make this, that connection? This I, is this please, is a reference. Please, please of all the references we have made in this podcast, in the history of this podcast, that is a reference I was never expecting. But no, then again, was, but, but then again, really what you you 
expected expected here please elaborate <laughs> further how, how how is tequila zohan please 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 move please let's hear okay. this i want to hear this we watched this entire movie and tequila barely gets grazed with a bullet right he's he like these people have heavy machinery they have hundreds of them and yet he leaves nearly unscathed every single time he's basically invincible he's zohan Oh my god. Or or is it more proper to say that Zohar Zohan is tequila? Yes. Because he predates tequila. Yes. I mean he there predates Zohan. Yeah, tequila that's does. There you go. And what I love is like does his ID say tequila on it? Like I mean <laughs> I feel like like <laughs> when the chief of police or whatever he's the superintendent, what? whatever he's called, calls you by your name and they go, Tequila, you're like, that's your official name? Like so what is that? Well, they make reference, I guess, uh, God, when they're like both, when the superintendent, that's what they call the, the chief and superintendent. I always thought it was, I found it funny how in, in typical English movies, chief, it just kind of like rolls off your, out of your mouth real easy. Well, you're talking superintendent so many more syllables and it sounds a little awkward. But, um, talking about tequila, they were talking, um, when Tony Young is talking to the superintendent and he says, Oh, you have a guy, vodka. You mean tequila, right? Um, I, I was, that was funny. That was, that was great. I that saw that too. Funny. And I was like, I forgot about that part, but I mean, it was, there was so much of that, like here's going back to the tea shop scene. If you remember, I don't know if you remember this guys, but I thought it was super funny and I wrote it down because of it. So, so tequila's friend who, who we find out is the drummer in his, uh, jazz band at the bar, which is by the way, owned the bar, the guy who owns the, the jazz, the jazz bar is John Woo, by the way, that's John Woo. Right. And he goes by Wu. He yeah. goes by Wu. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Wu. He calls him Mr. Wu. But either way, uh, which, by the way, I love the dubbing in this motion picture. It is class A. Class A dubbing. I mean, it's fantastic is the dubbing. I mean, we must have been watching two separate movies, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's so great. Yeah. Did you see like a remaster or something like yeah. remaster no. dubbing? And, and that's and that's why and that's why I love it so much, because they're just like the, it's just like our, our, our show, dude. Just roll with it, man. It's like a fucking gunslinger, dude. Doing, doing it live. Doing it live. <laughs> we'll We're fix it in live. post and then we, we don't. don't. <laughs> Never. Never ever. But no, yeah, so it's so I thought it was hilarious that his friend, who's his drummer, gets killed or shot, right? And there's a, there is another guy who Wait, gets is there shot another way the of doing it? Like, gets yeah. killed or shot? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a John Woo movie, so yeah, you never know. Uh, you're right. Okay. <laughs> so so there's another there's another guy who's undercover and gets shot in the shoulder, and he's sitting next to the guy, uh, the friend of his, Dennis, I guess his name was, or Denny. And and he, he's sitting next to him, and the superintendent's there, and he pushes the dude who's been shot in the shoulder. Like, he just... <laughs> He, he he just shoves him over. Like I mean, the dude's been shot, and he not he he shoves him in the shoulder that's been shot, and just like pushes him out of the frame. Just like what the fuck, dude? Seriously, man? Yeah, oh, like, hey, you John Woo film. You got that. shot. It's a flesh wound. Get over it's it. It's a flesh. It's just through and through, man. Just deal with it. Just get over it. It'll, <laughs> so, it'll be fine. Oh my god! And of course, you know it's there's there, there, there's I mean, but but yeah, no, that's that's that was just one of the things I saw. When I was like, really, man. Really, and then I mean, it's just there's so many things. I mean, we can go over. We, it's this movie to me was kind of like because there's you know the part. Okay, so the thing that I thought about was funny. This is like, this is kind of like a poor man's Departed. Okay, because uh, Departed, I'll, I'll Departed, 
Departed was based on the Hong Kong movie called Infernal Affairs, which was a very, you know, which was kind of like, a, I guess you could say, a more dramatic, more Hollywood style uh, motion picture out of Hong Kong. Okay, it was it's from Hong Kong. I think actually Tony Lung is in that movie too. Um, but I, I mean, I, I'd have to check on that. But either way, that movie is what the part is based on. But then you have this motion picture, which is kind of finding out, kind of doing the same thing, has an undercover person, you know what I mean, that is working as a criminal and actually doing criminal things to stay undercover. I mean, he's literally a hitman as a cop, and he has to be. How do you feel about his casting, though, Drippy? Who's casting? Uh, Tony Lung. As, uh, I thought I thought I thought he was great. I thought he was great. Uh, he was by the great. way, I, uh, I, this is from the <laughs> Department of uh, Fact Check, and uh, you are correct. A uh, Mr. Tony Lung is most definitely in the Infernal Affairs film uh, released in 2002. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it, he just seemed too oh, innocent, shit. man. Like I, oh, I feel like Chow Chow uh, Chow Fat was like perfect for his role. But might, it almost I mean, seemed a little it, off. It might be because, you know, Tony Lung was really young in that motion picture. So that yeah, could be a possibility. He did have a baby face, you know. And 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 I love that. My, my, and, and it shows in that scene where he's like, hey, Uncle 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 Hong, look, I got your favorite beef jerky. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, I don't get it. Like, it was just. <laughs> Yo, dude, sometimes you want a Slim Jim. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And, to it. And then, which, 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 by the way, is not a beef jerky. It's actually, I think it's called like, like processed beef product. It's not actually truly beef jerky. But no. that's me. My artisanal beef jerky, which has been infused <laughs> with the uh, jalapeno. Yo, this is Tito's, man. All right. <laughs> no, that what about, what about. What about when the minute he says that, and then the guys come like, "Yeah, uncle, uncle wants us to get fat. He's always telling us to eat, man." I mean, just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> who, who does this shit, dude? And that's what it, does. it gives it such a, a a glorious, glorious color. This motion picture, the dubbing, which makes it so perfect in every way. Um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's, Derek's, Derek's. You know, he's real high minded. I can only imagine, Derek. I really want to hear your opinion, dude. Just go with it. Bro. Um, just start start talking about a scene. I want you to talk because I really want to hear what you have to say. They they really just all this movie boiled down to three things for me. Boiled, he said. Yes, it boiled, not not hard boiled. It it, it poached. There was the the one scene that they keep re, kept revisiting because it was just everyone shooting at everyone and everything's blowing up. There were the re- weird middle scenes where it was like a synthesizer of like some kind of Skinamax 80s. Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. That sounds like as I'm walking to the mall on a Saturday morning, that's what not gunplay. Yeah. Derek, yeah. please continue. Before. And then the last scene where they decided <laughs> the best way to evacuate the babies. Was to throw them out the fucking window. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the hospital's on fire. It's all you can do, man. Except, I mean, it's all well, you look, can do. Look, you throw them out the window. Maybe they die. Maybe they don't. But if you leave maybe them in don't. the building, they will most definitely die. So it's a numbers game. You know what? I think not all heroes wear capes, and not all babies are meant to die in fires. I, I know I was going to go with that. I just mean to say that I don't regret watching this movie, 
But this is not required viewing for anyone. <laughs> no, not really. That's why it's great. That's why I chose it. Because um, I mean, I mean, I really could have gone with Highlander, and I would have been really like highbrow with that. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go with Cardboiled. <laughs> you know what's funny is that like people there, there may be some real like cinephiles out there that also listen to this podcast, and, and then the fact that you just said that Highlander was highbrow. Um, people are gonna have are, are, people are gonna take issue with that. People might take issue with that. I mean, I mean, compared to hard boiled, you know what? You know what? You know. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna leave it alone. You know what? Can I get? Can I do? Get my piece now. How I felt about this film and all Goody, that. I'm done. No, That's all I have. <laughs> Goody, Goody's like the only guy that speeds up when he drinks. Uh, that's what I'm doing, man. Jesus Christ, Seriously, bro. He's like Reba, Reba. He's he's like he's like talking a mile a minute and shit. Go ahead, Goody, knock yourself out. All right. Well, okay. So this movie, I think, is actually a work of art, and here's why: because since I saw this movie uh, eons ago, and then I saw it again now, and I've noticed so many different influences it, it, that it, is, it has had. And I'll say this: I'll say this right now, like Infernal Affairs. Original film from 2002 with Mr. Tony Lung. Uh, thanks, fact check department. You're welcome. But the <laughs> other thing was this. Even so, that bat influence. Uh, I'm going to have to find music for him. What's his name, Goody? What's the fact check man's name? Mr. Fact check. Those are facts. Okay. But <laughs> that sounds really gross. So anyway, <laughs> the point is this. The influence <laughs> that John Woo has had, the impact he's had, is so much like – Infernal Affairs was good, I guess. I haven't seen it, but it was good and influenced Irishman. But, but other films. No, no, no. The Departed. The Departed. The Departed. Excuse me. Fact check. But the point is this, is that what John Woo did to cinema and how he influenced directors after that point, not just directors, but video games. And I'm going to get into that because this is my thing, right? If you remember, one of my top shelves the other, the last time was the game Sleeping Dogs, right? Which, after that, I made it my point, I will finish that game, and I finished that game in two days. That game and all its, like, extra episodic DSL for it, and that game, you clearly see it, it takes cues from uh, John Woo films to the point where, like, you can actually get a skill where you slow down time as you jump over a table with your guns and, like, fire at guys and, like, do headshots and all that. But the point is, the way he's impacted film and filmmaking at least for a time um i don't know man like is it required viewing i think if you're a certain level of cinephile you have to because of of an entire genre of film that it that he influences you know i mean not just you know from here but you watch hard target you watch face off you watch mission impossible 2 um shit, shit. i mean shit if you want to really want to go deep you watch broke back mountain watch- um, maybe that's not him. I'm uh, maybe <laughs> that's Angley, but yeah. maybe if you really want to see something like to, like think about um Robert Rodriguez, a lot of his motion pictures, Desperado is like there's so much slow mo in Desperado. I mean, it's insane. You see that, and so that's why, like, you know, required viewing. I think on some level it is because of the fact that well, okay, maybe not this. And I'll here's what I'll do. I will give a, a concession. Maybe not this film. But John Woo is. But the reason why I wouldn't even argue this film is because this film solidifies all those tropes that make John Woo John Woo. That when you look at his Hollywood stuff, they all show up. 
They've all got the super assassin in black. They've all got the pigeons. They've all got the slow-mo. They've got the amazing gunplay and gun ballet. They've all got that cop that's like against all the odds and yet is seemingly invincible, uh, which some would say is kind of like you see that in action movies and other action movies, um, American action movies as well. That, 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 that If you remember that movie Last Action Hero made fun of, which was actually a beautiful film of its own. I'm not going to get into that. Maybe, maybe, whatever. But the point maybe, is... Maybe when we get to that, somebody... Maybe. Maybe. Because Last Action Hero makes a, real, a lot of great points. But the point is... But but the, for this is that he, the influence he's had and the impact he's had in cinema and the development... Like, I look at, for example, John Wick. And like I think... I look at John Wick as another bullet ballet and that kind of character. And he is the assassin in black super assassin guy but that decided to have a life and leave the leave that business and then was yanked back into it you know it, it does not john wick seem like that super assassin that decided to retire yeah, it, and get remember, a dog and then whose wife dies of whatever and then the dog gets kicked and dies and then they steal his car and he decides it's time to be the baba yaga again and destroy russian mafia i don't know maybe maybe it, it, it's kind of like when we talk about uh remember when we talked about uh was it beverly hills cop or no die hard die hard how die hard became die hard was the changing aspect of action movies in the 80s how you saw that there was a shift in regards to how they made action movies in the 80s and then we said in the in the podcast that maybe that the next shift was uh matrix that was the next shift in action movies at that point. So, yeah, if you're thinking about bullet ballets, per se, let's, let's, talk, let's make that a genre. Even though it's not a real genre, let's just call it is. In regards to bullet ballets, you know, you have hard-boiled sitting out there that not a lot of people know, but should know, I think, in my opinion. Because if you but like action But directors will know it. Directors will know it. But directors will know it. Exactly. It, because they're, cause they're cinephiles, like we are. You know, they're going to know it. And if you haven't known about it, you know, you have friends like Goody and me who will show it to you. You know, things like that. And so, and, and, and so if you know that movie, and then if you look, like Woody said, like John Wick is the next evolution of the bullet ballet. I mean, he's the next step, you know, in regards to that kind of situation because Matrix was the next evolution of, I guess you could say, of the martial arts or action motion picture, martial sci-fi, whatever you want to call it, sci-fi or martial arts, martial arts movie, you know, the bullet ballet, the next evolution was this movie was hard boiled. And then after that, it was John Wick because now you see a lot so, of movies that are kind of doing the same thing that John Wick is doing. So like talking about inspirations, I just like randomly Googled, you know, directors that have, that have been influenced by John Woo. The first thing that pops up is an article. The article's title, how director John Woo changed Hollywood's history of violence. <laughs> on That's point. a great article. Okay. It's, so who, who, who are the on people in the, in the article? Who are the people in the article they mentioned? Uh, well, dude, I just Googled it. I haven't read it yet. Come on. But the first picture at the very top is, guess who? Uh, tequila holding the baby with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> because, because you should always have your shotgun and baby in hand. Exactly. You gotta protect yourself yeah, but, from, you know, yeah, different bad things. You yeah, and triads or whatever. And, I don't know. You know, and it's always great when you're doing a rap with a baby in your arms while you shoot a shotgun. It's fantastic. Wait, and what? it's not even a newborn, dude. This thing's like a freaking toddler. Yes, yes. And when I watched the movie, that's nothing I saw in the movie. I'm like, these babies are so big. Yeah, the They're woman so would big. fucking die giving birth to this thing, man. Seriously, it, it's she gives birth and it's walking. But it's covered but in no. birth goo. 
But uh, Derek, continue. What, what do you think? Because um, I'm, Elias, I want everyone to know, like, what, uh, you know, just scan through the article and let us know what it says yeah. in regards to who it mentions. But Derek, what's your choice? What's, what's your idea? Do you, I mean, do you agree with what we're saying in regards to the aspect of the evolution of the motion picture kind of thing? I mean, yeah, based it on makes what you sense. Saw? I, I feel like, um, I feel like may- maybe that's why I have a hard time, like, really giving this movie much credit. And it's probably because I've seen things like John Wick before I saw this. I didn't see some of this this early, uh, I don't know, definitions of bullet belt. I mean, right? To be to be fair, you were like three years old. Oh! <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry, Derek. I, he was like, I, actually, it's, little it's, known fact: Derek was a little baby that uh, that child. He was. He was. Him. He was holding him. That's why you turned out that fire. It was me. It was me. That's so cute. That's so adorable. I'm so glad love, your parents love, were in love, Hong Kong at the time. I love I love how you peed on him. That's amazing, dude. It's amazing. On command? It's so good. That was my idea, actually. They put- <laughs> oh man. You wrote it in. It was so dude, good. Dude, you're like you're like you're like you so method, bro. You're so method. You know, I try I try to I try to aim to please. It's fun. So right, anyway, no, fuck. No, let's go go ahead, Derek. You mean you aimed to peas? <laughs> <laughs> Vodka. Oh my god! Oh shit! We are on a we are on a, we are on a whole other level tonight. But go continue, Derek. I'm I swear, sorry, next man. next week I'm not drinking until the second half. I'm gonna have to hold back. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> but you were saying, dude, go continue. What were you saying? I'm fucking around. But what were you saying? That was it. I just maybe that's why I have a trouble uh, appreciating it because I didn't see this evolution. I'm I am the equivalent to like the children that are born now and don't like the original Disney movies because they're old looking. Right. Yeah. I know. You know and, that and, and that was a point I think we talked about earlier. Another, another time was that when you watch older things, you think, Oh man, it's so tropey. Although they might use that word, but it's so tropey, but it's like, well, the problem is that older thing made the trope you're talking about. So when it came out, it wasn't trope exactly. because it was a first of its kind. Exactly. You know, and so when you watch this movie, you're like, oh, my God, I've seen that before. But you've only seen that before because that movie you're watching made it happen. But case, it's, case it's the point it's in our previous episode on, on Die Hard. I mean, that was the trope. Now it's a trope of the everyman, you know. But if you think about it, they took the aspect of, you know, I think we, I don't know if you mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it now. You know, Alfred Hitchcock made the trope of the the everyman uh that's the, 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 every man put in an impossible situation with impossible decisions to make that he would never have to be beforehand. You know, everybody, every time he had a character in the motion picture that was his main character, it was always a normal person. Somebody who really has nothing exciting to them happen. All of a sudden they're put into this impossible situation that they have no way of knowing how to react to it or how to, how to, how to function and create the best decisions. They just have, they're kind of like just running wild trying to figure out what's the next step for them. You know, you know, you have the rear window. You know, with with Jimmy Stewart, with Dumbest Stark, um, in the rear window, who's just a dude who's actually a peeping tom. If you really want to be, you know, yeah, the definition of that, that movie was <laughs> he's a peeping tom. It's a but great movie, though. Jeez, it's fantastic motion picture. But he's, I mean, basically, quote unquote, he's a peeping tom. But he's 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 holed up in his house. He has to look out his window. Uh, or his 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 um his balcony, and he just looks at people through windows, and you know, and then he sees a murder. And what do you do with that? How do you handle that situation? 
Or you have things like um, The Man Who Knew Too Much, where you have a guy who's there with his wife and his kid, and he sees a murder, and now he's being chased by the murderers. You know, how, how do you handle those kind of situations? You know, have a, a saboteur, which is another motion picture. How do you handle a situation that you all of a sudden people, you look somewhat like the, a saboteur who was part of the, who was a, a Nazi. This is before World War, World War II in the U.S., but you look somewhat like him. And all of a sudden they, the police think you're him. You know, you're just a normal guy put into an, an impossible situation. Now that's not what this was, but that's what Die Hard was. And then, then of course, then you have Hard Boiled and you have different things. And, you know, just the everyman. And Tequila is supposed to be an everyman, but fuck no, he's not every everyman. Because if anybody can shoot two handed guns with a cigarette in his mouth or a toothpick and kill everybody in front of him without hitting a bystander, mind you. Yeah, yeah, like that. They, let's just totally omit all of those innocent yeah. deaths, and not and not have to. And that's another thing. There is so much innocent death in this movie; it is insane. Yeah, I mean, and, and okay, but is it really innocent? Like you don't know what the they were doing in the background. For all I mean, you know, this person was a really bad person. Yeah, maybe, maybe everybody make up in your own backstory. Don't and, there is a warehouse. Was that though? Maybe everybody in the warehouse scene, but everyone else, I don't know, dude. I that don't know. tea house, I'm sure. <laughs> was a hotbed of horrible things and what all that tequila was doing was making the world a better place it's all full of rapscallions dude what about the library all scene these ne'er-do-wells all these ne'er-do-wells yes what was that dude? What was the, the library scene where um um alan goes in finds the book with the gun inside sits down with the uh, other guy and puts a bullet in his head the other the librarian's essentially looking through the bookshelves, seeing what's up, sees a dead guy, doesn't even react. She never screams, not a peep, nothing. And then they interview her, and she's like stoic, blank in the face. So, I guess it's, it's all the dubbing. It's I all guess, the dubbing. I guess man. Hong Kong was a wild place in 1992. I mean, it's, it's like, like a wild Yeah, life, I saw bro. a dead guy, whatever. Did any people die it? every day? That, my, my, my grandmother got disemboweled in front of me. So, what? Wow. All right. Okay. Oh, so did anyone notice that at the beginning when his buddy, the drummer, gets shot, it's like the end of the world because there was a cop that got killed, right? But then later on in the final scene, they accidentally kill a cop themselves and decide to glance over it. They're just like, oh, I feel bad. All right, I'm over it. No, you did it. No, you did it. He wasn't a cop. That's well, then the reason... The reason being is the guy he shot in the head was actually an undercover cop as well. In the first scene, in the tea shop scene. Oh yeah. So he's Remember? just a jerk all the way around then. Yeah, he's just an asshole. Tequila's an asshole. He's just he's just he just wants he just wants to go to the bar and have his next drink of vodka, seltzer water, and alcohol seltzer. That's all he's good. And, 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 did I kill the guy? No, no, he wasn't a cop. No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. You sure? He wasn't guy? a cop. You're good. You're good. He wasn't a cop. Was, yeah, you killed a cop. Yeah, yeah, you did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, if, if you weren't guilty before, you can be guilty now. It's okay. We're good now. We're heroes. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, mentioning the movie Infernal Affairs, but what about actual internal affairs? Like, why is no one going? No, but you actually killed a cop. Why is it that that one in IA agent going? But um, excuse me, Mister Tequila? Question mark. Um, you actually killed a police officer, a fellow police officer. No, but you're fine. Dual wielding. Oh, okay. It checks out. You're fine. Go ahead. What well, that, you know why, you know why, you know why they don't know? Because of course, you know, the superintendent burned the file. So there's, it doesn't exist apparently. Yo. I um, know that he was just, uh, 
Gets what he cover for him. You know what? Sometimes you have to break all the rules and be a rogue cop to make it happen. One man, <laughs> two guns, and a singular feeling of justice. Yes! Uh, justice! <sighs> okay. <laughs> justice! Where, where's the Joker? Where's the Joker? <laughs> Martha. Oh my god. <laughs> no, but okay, so all right, so moving on to the next large sequence. The last sequence I think was the, the scene in the warehouse with uh with what's his name? With uh Johnny. Yes. Johnny and um Alan and of course Chai Fat and of course the unnamed big bad himself, the man in black, which you don't find till the end. The only name they give him is a name that Alan gives him, which is Mad Dog. Isn't That's that it. like some kind of like Alcoholic beverage. Yes, it's a malt <laughs> beverage, as they say. MD twenty twenty. Elias knows about that from being from Hialeah. Oh, totally, bro. Totally. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, and his name is Mad Dog. He's got an he, he he he. I mean, he's such a badass. I mean, I think he's the best character in the entire movie, bar none. He's like a ripoff version of uh, that guy Bolo Young from all the John Claude Van Damme movies. He, Yes, I thought the same thing. He's, he's like a knockoff of him. It's it's hilarious. I just want him to be without a shirt and just wave his hands with a weird face, you know? <laughs> and just shake his fist like he did when he said, Tong Lee, Tong Lee. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Eli. You know what I'm talking about, right? You're talking about, dude. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, he's like, every scene he's in, it's just... I mean, it's truly amazing to watch what he does in the motion picture. I mean, there's the scene where he he literally runs in the whole warehouse scene, which is a complete clusterfuck. I mean, there's just gunfire everywhere. And then he runs into, if, I don't know if you notice, he goes up a ramp and hits a dude into boxes with the motorcycle. And then he hops off the motorcycle like nothing. Yep. Catching the just... with grenades into the container with the three guys. Yes. <laughs> You know, and even before the whole warehouse scene where he kind of gets all the troops together to, you know, get in their little motorcycles and other Mercedes Benzes to kind of roll out together and yeah, roll. And and then, and then and then and then that's Which John is Wick another, right there. Another John Wick. John well, not, not John Wick, John Woo trope. Lots of motorcycles and like kind of like dirt bike or sport bikes, but like lots of motorcycles doing like 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 I don't know Again, I am not someone that is actually well versed in the real life criminal underworld, but I feel like in John Woo films, in the criminal underworld of those films, everyone's got like lots of motorcycles in their arsenal, their vehicle like arsenal. Like, oh, we've got a couple of limousines, but like thirteen motorcycles. So everyone grab a motorcycle and not, a helmet. Not just, not Helmets just that. though, because like safety. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, they all wear. They all wear. Oh, and by the way, helmets. hand grenades because we get a whole. <laughs> You know, crate full of them. Oh, what about the 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 Coast Guard or whatever the the customs? No, no, they let it through. It's it's you know, that's how it works here. So, oh, great, uniform, sounds good to me. The, the uniform of a motor, uh, what I'm calling a John Woo motorcycle minion. I'm I'm trademark patenting it. John Woo patenting motorcycle is your invention. Okay, <laughs> John Woo. I'm patenting the name John Woo motorcycle minion. The uniform is black jeans, black boots. Black jacket, black tinted, okay, visor, t- tinted uh, uh, face shield um, helmet. And, of course, you pull a silenced Uzi with an extended clip out of nowhere. Yep. 
That's 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 a motorcycle minion, as I said. Because it's that's a, a sidearm. <laughs> yes, exactly. And they all sound like brr, brr, just, And no one ever calls the police. I, what was that? Oh, I think it was a woodpecker. Okay. Yeah. Well, police are already there. Because, like, how do you know the police are already there? That guy with the two guns? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's police right there. Yeah, only they have two guns in their hands for some exactly. reason. Exactly. Exactly. And they're all 38s. What? what? Oh, God. I just saw that guy slamming some alcohol in a fizzy glass. No, it's fine. His accuracy has never been better. Oh yeah. Okay. So so yeah. So I mean, I mean that whole scene, and and another thing that was always cool in regards to the Hong Kong action movies is that they all had to do their own stunts, whether it was wires or whatever. But they all did their own stunts all the time. You know. So that was that was Chow Yun Fat swinging out of the out, out of that big hole in the warehouse. He's the one that swung down. Now, granted, when he swung down, I was like, oh shit, there's a the wire. Like fuck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You could very clearly see it. Yeah, and so, but I mean, I was like, "All right, cool," but he did it. He was the one that did it, you know. He, I mean, all and guys falling out of like containers and falling down one-story buildings and hitting the ground. I mean, that was truly them. I mean, that's. I mean, that was one thing that, you know, if you were going to be an actor in Hong Kong, you did an action movie. You did your own stunts. It's just what they had to do, bar none. They had to do their own stunts. Yeah, low budget. So this movie costs like what four mil to make. Some, I mean, I didn't look, but I mean, it, it, I mean, if that's what it costs, it, that's what it costs. But I mean, four million dollars in nineteen ninety two is not, a, you know, not something to sneeze at. You know what I'm saying? No, it, it made like fifty or sixty. <laughs> yeah, the budget was only four million dollars. So yeah, I mean, it was just it's one of those things that was just like fantastic. I mean, but like I said, I mean, the, I mean, the scene in the in the warehouse was just it was just so great. And my favorite part of that scene has always been at the end. When everybody's dead and Mad Dog's there chilling and he lights his cigarette with the flame, I'm like, oh, dude, you just mm-hmm. made it so much cooler, bro. That's what it, it, it always reminded me of the scene in in Mandy with Nicolas Cage when he killed the dude with the chainsaw and his head was on fire and then he grabbed the head and lit a cigarette with the dude's fiery head. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh. Elias, Elias, if you need to watch a movie that's truly like Nicolas Cage on a whole other level, <laughs> it's Mandy. It's amazing. What's okay? I'll ask you what it's about later. Not to go down a tangent, yes, but <laughs> but anyways, but anyways, yeah, so you know, from the warehouse scene, you know, you have all these things happen, and then of course, Alan has to kill the old man, um, uncle, whatever uncle. Let's just call him uncle, and he has to kill you know the uncle to to be able to you know work with Johnny Wong. You know, which is the which is the end game. Johnny Wong is the end game, according to what you find out that he's an undercover cop as well. But the only person who knows he's undercover is the superintendent. You know, the other girl gets all those you know flowers and messages, which are so stupid. With the yeah, songs. sinking. If there's yeah. someone feeling lonely, I mean, oh, what the hell? Goodness. Oh God. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, but yeah, it's. A, it's I never said John Woo was fantastic in as far as the character some development. Some of the scenes were choppy the way they cut in between. Like they were on one thing yes. and then they go to something else. You're like, what the fuck you just have happened? This, and... you, exactly. You have this massive gunfight in a warehouse and all of a sudden some lady's getting roses and she's reading coded messages with songs. Like, and you have Lasso, 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 Zito. Yeah. And you have a computer that translates exactly what? Um, <laughs> what? I, I, who 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 else is happy that she was using a dot matrix printer? It was fantastic. It was great. It was great. I but uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, from that scene, and then you know, you find out that he's really like, like Alan's like losing it at that point. Like he's already, he's he's like fed up because he had to kill that the old man when he didn't want to. You know, and so you know, because you saw before he got to the depot. The, or the, the the warehouse, he was like, hey, this is this guy's place. He's like, oh, we're going to hit it. And he didn't even know what was happening. He's like, oh, you got to kill him tonight if you want to be part of my crew kind of thing. You know, it was just <clears throat> just one of those things where you're just like, shit. And it's, you see the movie, as far as on that side of the house, you see now Tony Lung's character, Alan, is just, he's starting to understand that, oh, shit, this is not what I signed up for. It's getting worse and worse. And I thought I would get this done by now. And I'm so deep that I have to do what he tells me to do. Granted, at that point, he feels bad, but he literally just killed a dude in the library earlier in the movie. So I don't know where his <laughs> his, with, his uh, um, the thousands of books Chow Yun Fat found the one with the gun inside of it. That which is the other thing about <laughs> it, you know what I mean? So so it's just, it's the force, anyways. But um, yeah, he just wandered but, to the exact right shelf. Yeah, yeah, seriously. But I mean, it was just I mean, it was one of those things where you know you go through those scenes and you're just like, fuck, man. And then, and then from there it goes to that shitbird crazy hospital scene, which is just out of control. So, I mean, I don't know, dude. I love this movie on so many levels. It's insane. I just feel like we should make a point of saying that shitbird crazy. I don't even know what that is. No one's ever used that, but that's something we, we need to focus on. That's the term reference to the tea shop scene, right? Shitbird. Yes. <laughs> I think it's it's for everything in the future. Shitbird crazy is like, oh, what happened? Oh, things like shitbird crazy. Oh man, that's crazy. Like, okay, that's you really think, crazy. You want to think shitbird crazy? Think Nicholas Cage in any motion picture he's in. That's <laughs> you so mean crazy in Arizona? Close oh. enough. He's pretty shitbird crazy in that one too. <laughs> no, no, he's not actually. I think you're wrong. So, Goody. Face off. Face All off. Right. All right. Sorry. Face sorry. Off. Goody, 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 face off. Go. go. No, face Derek. Off. Face off. Fa- okay, Derek, go. Rate the movie. Oh, so I'm first. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, out of uh, zero to ten spent shells, spent bullet shells strewn across the floor with white powder, with white flour strewn across it. And I, just think, the hint I think, I think, the, I think the actual terminology Goody is shell casings. Bullet casings. Oh my god! With a zero to ten bullet casings, shell casings strewn across the floor. Fact checker alert! Lightly powdered with flour and just the, check. just just the hint of baby, but truly toddler tears. Uh, I'm gonna give it a eight point seven five, and here's why: because the movie means so much, and the movie. You know what? No, forget that. No, nine. Because of how important that film is in the in the development of cinema through the rest of the '90s into the uh, the 2000s, the aughts or whatever they call it. Yeah, I'm giving a good rating um, because you watch the other films and you see the development, but this movie, like I said before earlier, solidifies John Woo's style, and so it is. You watch this movie; it's quintessential him. It's got all the things he's put together; they're all in it. It's and and then from that point on, anything else you, you see him that he does, you kind of pick up. Oh yeah, I remember that from Hardboiled. I remember that from Hardboiled. I remember that from Hardboiled. You know, maybe someone like my brother, or other auteurs or whatever, or cinephiles are gonna be like, oh, you actually I saw it from the killer. But in, I think other people are gonna see it's Hardboiled. 
So uh, nine spent shell casings, lightly dusted with blood and flour and the tears of toddlers that are made to look like infants. That's my <laughs> nice. rating. I like that. All right. So, uh, Derek, was I nice? Was I? With Goody's rating, how he had talked about the influence on future films, I, I did kind of read a little bit more on the article that I shared with you guys. So, the article is written back in 2017. The majority of it's essentially focused on hardboiled, but it does specifically call out. Uh, Tarantino, Rodriguez, uh, the Wachowski siblings, Michael Bay, and uh, Gary Gray, um, all as uh, being inspired by Wu. Dude, no, yeah, I mean, I mean, right off the bat, I already know for sure that Michael Bay, because Michael Bay is the biggest John Wu knockoff I've ever seen. I mean, he doesn't even like he doesn't even forgive in his motion pictures of being a John Wu knockoff. If you watched Hard Boiled, one of his biggest things. Okay, so this is one thing I wanted to talk about for sure. Michael Bay does not do a still shot. I don't know if you guys know what that means, but he does not use a still camera. Every single shot that he makes in the motion picture, the camera is moving. Whether it's zooming in and out, whether it's moving on a steady cam, or it's going around somebody, you know what I mean? Like every single shot in his movies, they are always moving. The motion picture, and of course, he's full of slow mos. The action is just over the top, double guns all the time. I mean, yeah, Michael Bay is like the quintessential like John Woo protege. I mean, he's there. He everything that you would see in the John Woo movie, you see in Michael Bay's movies, bar none. I totally agree. I, I, that, the more I think about it, the more I realize how they're very similar. And I mean, I mean, and and of course with that, you know Robert Rodriguez and even some Tarantino movies, you know. I mean, but but if you saw in Hardboiled, there's a lot of moving shots. I mean, a lot of moving shots in this movie. There's so many, and I noticed while I was watching, I was like, "Holy shit!" Michael Bay bit off a lot of this movie. And going back to the video game, Goody, remember John Woo also directed a video game called Stranglehold with Chow Yun Fat. No, it was a the, and I was going to mention it later, but it was a 2007, I think, video game. Maybe someone check on that. Mr. Fact Shack, show up. But, <laughs> but the idea is that it was actually the, the, the video game Stranglehold was a sequel to Hardboiled. Chow Yun Fat, uh, was playing in that game, Tequila. Again, it's actually a direct it sequel. It's a sequel to Hardboiled. It's a, it's not, not direct in terms of, you know, they're doing the story, everything, but it's another case, but it's just, he's playing the same character and it was stars Chow Yun Fat in the game. John Woo was part of the making of the game. Like it's meant to be a John Woo game, if you will. Uh, and I think they created, they're, they're working on developing a, a third game, but then that fell through because midway the company fell apart. Although I heard that they were thinking about developing the third game, but making that into an, actually a movie, but that's kind of like probably in development hell, whatever it is. But yeah, stranglehold is out there. If anyone wants to play that in the, the pod, verse whatever it is it's a sequel apparently yeah because because you know here 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 at the the motor boys we bring that information motor boys motor boys motor boys boys. motor boys (laughs) i've been waiting for that this whole time i know i'm waiting so for derek i wanted to hold up on it just a little i was salivating okay (laughs) elias you. Oh no, Derek! You didn't give us. Was it Derek or uh, yeah? It was Goody first, right? Derek, you didn't give me the line of fire first. Yeah, go ahead, Elias. Your turn. Dude, the, the film was entertaining. Um, I'm not 
much into like the whole international film or fanfare. Uh, again, there was a lot of Americana in the whole film. I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. And I, I guess I'm taking something from, I guess, one of your previous episodes where you guys were talking about, you know, anything rated above a seven is something that's worthwhile. Not necessarily like it's a 70 in school or it's a C and it's like, man, you passed. But um, I enjoyed it. I'd, I'd give it an eight. I'd, I'm actually in the process of rewatching it. Um, I was hoping to finish it before get, getting on here with you guys. But uh, it's entertaining. I, I've The fact that you could laugh and um, kind of cringe at the same time um, kind of just gives it ups the entertainment factor for me. So I'd say eight. All right. All right. That's fair. Derek, Derek, what about you, brother? Talk to me, brother. I know because uh, I know I know your wife. Derek was like, is super highbrow. He's gonna be like, yeah. well, <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, mm. I was wondering. It was it was like a, it was like when I drink some wine. And I, I was comparing it to the French New Wave, and then, yes, uh, <laughs> I was wondering if it was gonna be like that that British, you know, war cinema of the bah. early nineteen fifties, post war World War Two. Oh my God, what is wrong? <laughs> Let it rip. Uh, At the same it, it time. Was, Derek, More what we're like, saying is that you have a very high opinion of things, and we're like, "Wow, this guy, you, you know what? You're Mister High Class." So, and then, and then of course, and then of course, he loves Emperor's New Groove. So it's all over the place. We never really can tell. All right, Emperor's New Groove. Don't you dare! <laughs> it is so good. So- it is. It is. It is so good. I love giving him shit about it because I love that movie too. But go ahead, dude. Go ahead, knock yourself out, Derek. Let's see. It. All right. I definitely didn't know what I was getting myself into when I started this film. I'm still not quite sure what it is that I saw, but I've heard your arguments. I understand the validity of this this film and this uh, writer and director and actor kind of taking their direction, uh, starting off their careers and changing how a film is made. So I'm going to give it an eight. Nice, Derek. Look at you, bro. But I mean, like, I me mean, talk about it. Let me talk about it. Cause I know this was the first time you actually saw this kind of motion picture That's per right. se. Yeah. So, I haven't seen so, this movie before. So yeah. So th- talk about it, dude. Come on. Let me hear you. I want, I actually want to hear your opinion. I want to hear you talk about it. I feel like it was, it was, it was so much of the same. It was, it was so many gunfights, so many thugs getting shot and killed and seizuring whenever they get shot. Um, I don't know. I don't even, I, I can't believe that there is a full length film that was just that. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I mean, <laughs> you couldn't believe jumping out the building with a, uh, what, like five inch electric, five inch thick electrical wire with a <laughs> landing upright. And, yes. and you call it, uh, some impotent fool and having yourself slapped. I mean, that's <laughs> You know, oh, no. I'm thinking about like the last time I was, I, it's funny. I, this occurred to me. The last time I was so tired, like I actually physically ev- exhausted by a film <laughs> that was after this movie, I watched it. The, the next time I saw that, and I haven't been so tired from watching a film since like, I actually felt sore after watching this movie was the uh, Starship Troopers. And oh, yes. Like oh, I, it's the same idea. Like I'm like that movie. So much gunplay, so much gunfire, and it, it tired me out watching it. I got that this this movie, Hardboiled, gave that to me first. It popped my cherry. It popped the cherry. From yeah. being exhausted by a film from so many bullets, I'm like, oh my god, is this even I exist mean, in real life? 
I mean, we not talk it, about the scene where they break into the uh, into the vault and he's pulling all these bullets apart, taking all the yeah, dude, out, for real. filling it into the hole, putting another bullet to cover the hole, and then with the best aim in the world from like fifteen or twenty feet away with a fucking revolver, <laughs> blowing yes. everything up. <laughs> no, 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 not only that, not only that. The minute he did that, it didn't work. Nothing worked. It didn't work. Well, again, apparently Hong Kong has zero laws or rules about ammunition and guns, but like, but as a British colony, I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't, you know what? I'm like electrical contracting because what opened the door, I think it was, uh, he ended up grabbing two, two rogue thick electrical wires and splicing (laughs) them together, nearly killing himself and the door opened. Everyone is MacGyver. Everybody yeah, and, and, MacGyver, and then and of course and of course it, it gave him flashbacks to his buddy being shot up in the tea shop. You know, it's all about that. It's all about that flashback sequence, bro. It's all about Dude, that flashback. Sequence. <laughs> all right, oh, your on. what's your rating? My rating for this motion picture is a uh, you know strangely enough it is a nine point five. What? What nine point five? Yeah. One out of ten. One out of ten. Okay, it wasn't a ten because um of the dubbing. The dubbing is just oh, so horrible. I wish they had done even better. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going with a ten. You know what? I love the dubbing. <laughs> when push comes to shove, <laughs> you know this what? guy gives I, it up. All right. <laughs> yes, I do. I Didn't give it up. To ask him twice. I, I I give it up like a virgin on prom night. So oh, God. it's that was it is actually highly controversial. Yes. So the motion picture for me, I mean, I can't say enough. I can't wax poetic enough about the motion picture for me. Because like I said, I mean, I saw this movie in high school and it even still now, I mean, it just, I didn't feel that Goody likes the, the patented phrase that Goody made up. The Thundercats effect. I didn't feel so nostalgic that when I saw it, I was so disappointed. It's just as good as it was back then because I loved it so much because I know about the movies that came after, which I, I love. I don't care what anybody says. Hard Target is a fantastic motion picture as an entryway into Hollywood. It's fucking so amazing because it's so cheesy and it's, it's amazing in its cheesiness. So. It's one of those things that, you know, you, you, you really enjoy. And so for me, this motion picture brought all that aspect to it. So, it, but, it's but it, though, in hard target that you're really enthralled with, right? I mean, that's what was that? John, John Claude Van Damme's mullet. That's what really does the movie. Oh, dude, you know, and his, and his, and his, ama- and, and, and not just that, Wilfred Brimley's Cajun accent is perfect. I mean, why not? <laughs> Why not? Because every time I hear him, I think of I think of diabetes. Diabetes. Oh my gosh! So, so. Not not cocoon or cocoon two or all no. the other things he's done, or no. like quicker oats, but like the diabetes. one commercial he made about okay diabetes. But anyways, the best for me it's a ten because for the the aspect that he's created so many things that you see nowadays in motion pictures. I mean, in regards to cinema. I mean, you cannot deny the effect that John Woo has had on not just regular motion pictures, because but just action. I mean, every action movie we see now has inf- has been influenced, I think, from John Woo because people who grew up watching John Woo movies are now making action movies. Like Goody said, you know, John Wick has so many references, so many influences that you see with the gun, with the gunplay. In general, I mean, the gunplay in general is just unbelievable, and that stuff would not have occurred if John Woo didn't have the tea shop sequence in the first 
20 minutes of a motion picture. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, who makes something like that in 20 minutes? I mean, you're, you're, it's literally in your face within the first minute of the movie. So for me, it's a 10, bro. The first 10 that we have on this show, it's this movie. And I don't care what you say. Come and fight me. Talk about me on social media. You can just kiss my ass because that's how it is with Hardboiled, bro. You know why? Because you took a chance and your mama took one. Oh, my God. That's a reference to Hard Target. Oh, yes. Shot Boudreaux. I can't, I can't believe you made Jesse that. Vitti. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've been holding back. Your mama took one. Your mama took one. I love. My favorite. That's my favorite line. But the second favorite line is my my favorite line in that movie is with the great, the, what I believe, the national cinematic treasure, Arnold Vosloo, who was also the mummy in the mummy movies. His uh, his line and and Darkman the Darkman sequels and and the Darkman sequels he was a Darkman Darkman sequels he took over for Liam Neeson, but his line in Hard Target Randall 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 you weren't going to leave without saying goodbye. I mean, just in all his South African accent is fantastic, fantastic, bro, fantastic. Uh, but anyways, I digress. I consent to ten. So we did. I mean, I it. I mean, for the purposes, you guys. I mean, except for Goody, but Derek and Elias, are you, are you? I mean, you glad you saw this movie? I mean, even if you see it once, I mean, it was it worth you the time that you waste your time watching it? You no, think? no, dude. I, 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 like I said, I enjoyed it. I almost feel like I traveled back in time to the to the early nineties, and and listening to you guys and and kind of the way you dissected it and talking about futures and influences, some of the stuff that I've seen online. You could see all the stuff, how it's kind of related. Um, and again, we live in a very, um, uh, nowadays, we, we expect the crazy, I think. Um, and the crazy is the result of watching some of these John Woo, John Woo movies or John Woo-inspired movies. Like, you're not just going to be satisfied by watching a Western, a Western where they're shooting off, you know, a six-shooter and killing one guy. No, you've got to see everything exploding around you and lighting up on fire and a shotgun that could destroy things a hundred feet away. Um, we just need that sensationalism. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. Derek. I think, um, I think that I, I don't regret watching it. It was worth the time. Um, I feel like this is one of those, like a homework assignment type movie. You need to have seen it. You know, but it's not necessarily a insanely, you know, good movie. It's just the beginning of a big movement that you should understand or something. I don't know. And that's kind of like one of the reasons why, and, and we've talked about it before, guys. That's one of the reasons why I think the, the the three of us and, you know, and Elias, whenever we talk, you know, it that's kind of like why I want, why, why the podcast I think is so great because we can have conversations like this and talk about movies. Like, like what we said with Ferris Bueller's did, I mean, when I watched the movie for the first time, no, this is the first time when we saw Ferris Bueller's, it's kind of like you see things at, that you had never seen before. Like with Ferris Bueller's, I thought the real person in that movie that was a star was Cameron. It was Cameron's day off. Mm-hmm. It was Cameron, you know, and that, and when we talked about it, it was just like, holy shit, I never thought about that. Yep. And I had never thought about that until I saw the movie. So for this movie, yeah, I mean, when I saw it, I was like, shit, Michael Bay. Yep. How did I not see Michael Bay just bite everything off? You know, this total Miami reference, bite everything off, you know, 
in comparison to what he's done. You know what I mean? And, and it was funny because if you think about it, it's just, it's just so crazy. Like with case in point, Edgar writes hot fuzz. Hot fuzz is just, it's just, it's just nineties, nineties, uh, action movie tropes all over the place. Well, they even make the reference where one of the characters, uh, he talked about how like, he asks the, the cop, the hard boiled cop, Oh, have you ever, have you ever fired two guns whilst jumping through the air? Which is a complete John Woo reference type thing. Which, yeah, I mean, he, he, he was, he was referencing bad boys, but it's total John Woo. I would say he's referencing John Woo. Well, yeah, exactly. Cause there, but, but I mean, as an it's auteur. just as an auteur, as a cinephile, as, as they a say. Cinephile. <laughs> Hello. So yeah, but in any case, shape or form, I mean, I mean, I appreciate you guys. I'm glad you guys were able to watch it because I think, you know, it's one of those movies that people don't really see too much. I mean, then if you guys really want to take another leap, I would suggest you watch The Killer. That's another fantastic motion picture. Watch The Killer. Killer is amazing. But The Killer is actually a little bit more of a, of a motion picture per se, quote unquote. Um, then hard boiled, but it's still got all the definite John Woo action because the killer kind of put, uh, John Woo on the map in the States per se on the art house scene. And then hard boiled just kind of put him in Hollywood, say, Hey, fuck you. I'm going to make my movie, baby. And then everyone's like, yeah. And they, they threw money at him. Cause like, after, like, like I said, after this movie, he went to Hollywood and he started making movies in Hollywood. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So but anyways, paycheck was the last one he made here. I was just looking at everything else. Yeah, been, and, uh, and, back and paycheck and paycheck wasn't a bad movie either. Paycheck was pretty good it. too. I liked it too. That was a cool concept, actually. Was it really was cool a cool concept. concept. It was a cool concept. All right, Elias. Basically, so now that we've gone to the motion picture, man, go ahead. Let me let me hear your uh, top shelf, brother. All right, dude. So in terms of top shelf, um, again, I got little kids and they love Minecraft. But one of the cool things that just came out with Minecraft is a new video game called Microsoft. I'm sorry. Minecraft Dungeons came out about two to three months ago. Um, it plays a lot like some of the stuff we're used to playing on NES, Nintendo 64, and Sega Genesis. So I was kind of reminiscing while just watching them, uh, my son play. It was fun. It was entertaining, killing a bunch of different little monsters on it. Um, and it was pretty cool just watching him enjoy himself. And I almost like pictured myself playing, you know, like an old school Nintendo 64 game as a result. Um Nothing like the original Minecraft game. You're not building anything, going crazy and creating your own worlds. Again, this is a structured game. You're passing levels. You've got tasks to take care of, but you're definitely not building anything. So that's one thing that I'm, I guess, watching now, watching my son play. And um, again, like I told you guys in the past, I'm I'm not much into sitcoms. I like long-term stories, and I get really invested in stories uh, you know, like Breaking Bad, The Americans. And um, I just wrapped up watching The Handmaid's Tale with my wife for the second time now. And uh, like I had told you guys before, um, thinking that the last season, season three, had only 12 episodes, I was kind of pissed about how it ended. And uh, just found out last week that there was actually 13 episodes in season three. And I was pleasantly surprised with the ending. And I was actually happy. And I'm now looking forward to season four coming out next year. Lucky number 13, baby. Right there. Dan Marino, Papa. Dan Marino. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, all right, no, that's good. That's good. I mean, like, the Minecraft Dungeons reminds me of the other game. I don't know if your son likes it or if you ever played it. It's uh, Minecraft uh, Story Mode. Oh, yeah, with, uh, God, is it the characters like Alex or something like that? 
yeah, and yeah, yeah. And, and like, and like, you can choose to either play the a girl character or a boy character. And the boy character is actually voiced by Patton Oswald, which is cool as hell. No shit. So yeah, but yeah, no, that sounds cool. Like I saw Microsoft Dungeons at GameStop, and I was like, that sounds like a badass. Minecraft idea. Dungeons, not Microsoft Dungeons. Minecraft Dungeons. My, Minecraft Dungeons. That's what I said. Minecraft. I yeah. I used, no, you said Microsoft Dungeons. No, I said Minecraft, Squiddy. I think you, this, I well, think you drank too much vodka. Someone roll back well, the tape. <laughs> no, I don't want to touch the tape right now. Really, I really don't. I don't think we. Is the replay? <laughs> so, is the replay? But, <laughs> is the replay? If all our listeners, we've had some issues today, technical issues. Uh, so, but uh, another chance of another of anything else. Uh, but yeah, no, that's a solid pick, Elias. Solid pick, um, Derek. What about you, brother? Okay, um, my pick. Okay, you got you got to keep with me here. Okay. On Netflix, there's this show called Giri Haji, and it stands for Duty and Shame. I found this series on Netflix, and it caught me by surprise. I binged all eight episodes of the first season over the course of, like, I think two or three days. And they're an hour apiece. So it's, it's, a, it's a hefty series. It's about a Tokyo cop who is tasked with recovering his Yakuza brother in America. Dude, this and so, this so, Goody will tell you right now, this so feeds me so badly. <laughs> I think I played this game once. I don't know. I it, feel like- it's, oh, wait, not, not America, in uh, the UK. But it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's like a full fleshed out series. It feels like the longest movie ever, but it's so good. There's, you know, characters he comes across and gray areas as a upright, outstanding police officer. He starts dabbling in, you know, kind of outside of his comfort zone, killing people to protect his, his, uh, his, you know, shame of his brother being bad, his duty of being a brother and a police officer and trying to find the balance of it all. It is such a good series. Dude, I have never even heard of this series, man. This is so up my alley. Hey, check it out. How do you spell um, that, Derek? G-I-R-I-H-A-J-I. So, yeah, check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, if you watch the first episode and you don't love it, then you're, it's not for you. But the first episode gives you all that you need to know about the rest of the series. I found, like, I thought that, oh, this has just got to be like a two-part movie. And then I realized, that, oh, there's four episodes? Jeez, they can't, they'll wrap it up after the fifth one. It's got to all close by then. And then you get through all eight of them and you realize, damn, that was a good series. And it's a, it's a Netflix show. Like, it's produced by Netflix. Yeah, they created it. And That's what it looks like. It's kind of interesting because, you know, you've got the, all these characters that are uh, mostly from Japan. And so they're speaking Japanese to each other. But then they turn to speak English to someone in the UK, right? And they seamlessly transition back and forth from this. So it says that it has English audio and it has dubbing. I'm sorry, um, not dubbing. It, it's spoken in English on the original recording. But you're still going to have to read subtitles for half the movie because it's still in that's, Japanese. That's a typical day in Miami, though, dude. We flip between Spanish and English all day. <laughs> Very, <laughs> yeah. true. Very true. <laughs> Yeah, I actually even thought about that that kind of layer of it, but I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, language switches over for something else. 
or 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 the beauty of it is when you like you say a phrase from one language to the other language, but it doesn't hit the same way when it's in the new yeah. language because like it doesn't make sense in the new language. You know, you know, you know but but si las moscas for if the flies. For if the flies, yeah. <laughs> or when it's super cold, the monkey is whistling, and like, why is the monkey <laughs> whistling? And admit that. How does that even remotely mean cold or, things? Or, or if you're like, if you're really pissed off, make I win. Yes, I shit on ten. I mean, yep. I don't understand it. I don't what? understand what you're saying right now. <laughs> this, the the point are... being, you make a thing in one language and then you try to translate it to the other language directly, and it makes no sense uh, because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Really what do doesn't. they call it? A, tra- a transliteration, right? It's it literally trans- literally trans- transliteration. And then Goody and 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 I always I, I thought about you this weekend, Goody, because. Um, Goody's favorite word in Miami is the the word irregardless. It's it's a favorite. She never ever about. used that word. I have <laughs> never used that word because I know that word is not real English, and I hate that word. I hate people use it. Well, I don't know I if, Goody, if, if you can say it's real English anymore, Goody, considering that it has been added to the Merriam-Webster no, no, dictionary. Here's the thing. You know what? No, here's the thing. What you're describing is not what they're not adding adding to the dictionary, quote unquote. It's not what they're doing. They're just saying that and then indicating that it is slang. You know what? The King's the English. The King's, <laughs> the King's English all the way. You can't oh even say You just it's said the King's English. The dictionary. The ki- you know what? I've had – you know what? King's English. <laughs> the oh, my King's God. English. <laughs> Whatever. Goody, okay. what's your top okay. shelf? What's, what's your top shelf, Goody? Go ahead. All right. So my top shelf, I alluded to uh, – okay. My top shelf, it's got facets and layers. That doesn't mean anything. So the last time I had the the podcast, <laughs> these are just words I'm saying. <laughs> irregardless, Goody, what is your top like, shelf? I have pelagated pink champagne. So, all right. I'll so the have, last I'll podcast, have, I'll, have, I, I'll have the salmon. Well done, thank you. The salmon. Oh my god, beast! All right, this is so the longest episode ever. All right, I finished Sleeping Dogs. Loved that game. I finished all the DLC. It was great. So obviously for me, my top shelf is probably going to be a video game. And I discovered another one in the two weeks, in the span of the two weeks from the last time I discovered another one. It wasn't discovered. I rediscovered it. Uh, it is the game darkest dungeon. Now Ooh, I got that game on the PS4 when it came out way back in, well, actually it came out in 2016, I think for, for, for PS4, the original game of it, the version of pre DLC. And I got it a little later from my ps4 played it liked it but then kind of put it aside and then when it came out for the switch uh the what they call the ancestral edition uh which is basically the entire darkest dungeon game with all the dlc all the kind of characters and levels and all that they added to it um and i got it because what's happened for me is was for a lot of maybe i think it's true for a lot of people that the switch nintendo switch has become the console or, or system for um indie games or indie style games so tell me tell me how good the game is goody well i love it uh i've been playing it so many hours i've put into that game developing my characters uh my first run through the darkest through the dungeon uh first and not even the darkest dungeon as if you play the game but like a, a dungeon i lost all my characters and that's cool um a little frustrating when everyone died but it was great because i love that game it's a very Lovecraftian style game. It's got that very gothic horror thing to it, but more gritty. Uh, be prepared to die a lot. Uh, but the fact that you can get that game, it has all the DLC that's been made for that game up to this point. 
But what's even better about it, what I love about it is you can actually choose what DLC is going to be accessed at a point. So when I first installed it on my, on my Switch, I picked what DLC I liked for it. And what people I've looked at online, what they've said is that you can pick the DLC, you can play through the DLC, and then you can add DLC to it later. Like my characters that I've built up can be used in later DLC so that I'm ready for it when I get to like the save with the color of madness or the crimson court, but it's not all new characters. Everything can be added to it while you're still playing it. I love it. So yeah, right now my top shelf right now is darkest dungeon. I'm hooked on that game on my switch. And again, it's a switch. So, uh, people want to use the TV. I take my switch off, off the dock and I play it while people are watching the TV for whatever reason. And I love it. Or I take it with me. Maybe I'm driving and I'm just playing it while I drive. Yeah. No, oh, I'm not shit. doing that. So, that's not safe. Yo, no one do that. That's not safe. But yeah, again, I love Basically, it. So yeah, right now my top shelf, Darkest Dungeon, Ancestral Edition for the Switch. I'm all over it. All over it like a prom dress, baby. By the way, Dark Sleeping Dogs finished the entire game. It was great. It's actually probably the first game I've completely finished in years. Because, because goody's, yeah, it is. Goody's, goody's all about those side quests, baby. Those side Yo, quests. those side quests, for real, man. They will they will take over your life. So don't do it, completionists. No, no, that's. It's, I am a I, cautionary I, tale. Yes, because I I don't I don't complete anything. That's all I do. That's how I live my he life. Never finishes. Shelf, man. All right, so my top shelf actually is another Netflix show. Actually, it's a Netflix show that just came out. It's um, it came out about uh, I say about a week or two ago. Uh, it's a based on a comic book from the late '90s, actually. But it's a, a movie, a series called a uh, Warrior Nun. That's my top shelf. So basically, what it is is that you have this. Um, <laughs> it's funny. It's really funny. Goody's gonna Goody and Eliza, even Derek. You guys are gonna love. When I tell you this, but so the, the story is about a, a group of nuns, a group of nuns that is hot are, nun? is she hot? Oh dude, she's so hot. Cause she's, she she's like Portuguese. She's Portuguese. But anyway, so she, uh, so it's a group of nuns that, um, they are a sect of like warrior nuns called the order of the cruciform sword. And so Goody just, I think Goody just exploded. His head just exploded right now when I said that. But their whole Please thing. Please explain why my head exploded. <laughs> Please explain. Because the Order of the Cruciform Sword were the, was the army of people who work, who were part of the crusades in Last Crusade of Indiana Jones that protected the Holy Grail. Boom! <laughs> so, Boom! Boom! Goody's, I heard, I knew Goody's head exploded. That's why he muted. Cause I was like, he's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> but, just, but anyways, so I what it is? I don't that, know what to say about this. So, so okay, so the base. So okay, the, the premise is is that there is this, like I said, the sect of nuns. They are they protect the world against demons, okay, and and other nefarious individuals. And there's always one main warrior nun, which has what they say is a halo, okay, that's been basically implanted in her back. And the halo is a living organism that you find out. But basically, so it it if, if it attaches to somebody, it stays with them until they die. And then they have to move it to the next person. Um, but through this whole thing, you find out that, you know, these demons are coming through. But 
where are they coming from? Is what's the heaven and hell aspect of it? The, the move, the show is great show. It's got a lot. It's got some good people, but my favorite person in this movie is um, the actor Joaquin de Alameda. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but Goody knows who he is. But he was the bag, the big bad in um, Clear and Present Danger with uh, with Harrison Ford. He was uh, the bad guy in Fast Five. You know, he, he, he's a great character actor and he was fantastic as this cardinal on the show. But for the purposes, it's, it's a Netflix show that just kind of like had all these things to it. I was like, Oh shit, this show is actually pretty damn good. And I, I thought it was like one of these like Portuguese show, but it wasn't or like one of these random Spanish shows that they have on there, but it wasn't. I mean, it's, it, they, they put some real like effort into the show and it was, it was really good. It's like, 10 episodes long, nine episodes long, and each episode, like, like, just like Giri Haji, but it was just, it fed into that, you know, that weird comic book, you know, cause it, cause it was based on a comic book that's not even in, hardly in print anymore. I mean, they only, they, the last comic book was like in 2009 in Dark Horse. You know, before that, it was part of Oni Press, which was, uh, it's not even, they don't even around anymore. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a strange, comic book to all of a sudden make into a, a series and the way it ended i'm like i hope they make a second season to it but it was it was great i enjoyed every minute of it. i mean i watched the whole thing over the span of two days it was fantastic the production alone because I, I didn't watch more than a couple minutes of the first episode but the production alone of that one really makes me feel like they put in enough effort that it'll still be successful enough to make it to a second season, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. And I mean, it's, you know, and, and, and it's kind of like you really have, it's just like with a lot of uh, new Netflix series, you really have to get to like the fourth or fifth episode to really like, to all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is worth it. You know I mean? You have some of them, like you said, like Giri Haji, in your opinion, after the first one, you should be bought in. But then like, you know, you have Stranger Things, which, which was a slow burn in the first season. You know, if, if you're not uh, someone who loves 80 movies or doesn't really give a shit about, you know, the references and all that stuff in that, in that show, you know, it was more of a slow burn where you were really bought, you really bought into the show by the fourth episode. Yeah. You know the nostalgia I mean? kind of hooked you. Told yeah, and if, if, if it didn't hook if it didn't hook you in the beginning, yeah, you got hooked by the fourth or fifth episode. So that's the same thing with this show. I mean, it's kind of a slow burn, like kind of just you know just go with it because by the fifth episode, then you're like you're like oh shit, and then there's some other things that you find out throughout the series. You're like oh damn, dude, really? Like like you 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 find out some crazy stuff, but it's it's a cool show. It is a very very cool show. So if, if anybody wants to see something different on Netflix, which has a lot of different shit, but you know, you know, that's, that's a show that I think that you guys should really take part. Cause I think right now it's sitting in their top 10 as, you know, like, like not just movies, but just the show in general is sitting as one of their top 10 shows on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. It's doing really I'll well. It so it's clearly been a, a solid slam. I just, I mean, you listen to your synopsis that you gave it, it, Sounds like crazy as shit show. It's shitbird crazy. Shitbird crazy. There you go. That sounds like that's a merch idea. Shitbird crazy. I think we should put on a shirt. And Wheel of Fortune of Tangents. 
Yes, Wheel of Fortune oh tangents. God. Here we go. Wheel of tangents. <laughs> well, I think I'll make one. To, uh... I think I'll think I'll make one that says how I'll just light my cigarette with a head like in Mandy. That'd be one of those too. So, are we ready to to talk about the next movie for our next episode? Yes, yes, Derek. I think you're you're up, right, Derek? This is your yeah. I picked one out. Make it happen. Right. Well, no, but yeah, Derek. What's what's what is our choice for I? I wanted to make sure that uh, it would go back to our roots, you know, the, the late 80s, early 90s, uh, back flashback and, and, and all of that. Um, in the Army Now. What Sorry, the Holly Shore. Oh, shit. That was not what I expected at wow, all. Wow. This is a whole different level <laughs> I'll be honest, I never expected to have to watch or or rather rewatch cuz I did see this in the theaters. Rewatch a Pauly Shore film, but maybe this is going to make him a thing now cuz maybe people listen to the podcast like Pauly Shore, let's rediscover his talent and then I think I think this is the first not. episode that Elias will literally skip the podcast. <laughs> Actually, no, dude. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious where you guys are going to go with this. So am I. I'm curious where I will go with it as well. I am also very curious about this. We skipped N with an E and Cino Man. Let's go right to In the Army now. <laughs> yes. the, the other classic Poly Short Motion picture. Holy shit. Hey, you, uh, you I mean, can't forget about Biodome. Oh, man. Biodome boom, is so boom, much boom. better, though. Hey, hey, guess what? Biodome uh, was the when. <laughs> Everybody remember everybody remember America Online? Yes. And uh I made when made AOL allowed you What? It was in the mail every two days. They sent you another disc. Well, yes, but when actually when I was a subscribed member of AOL back in high school and early high school and all that, I remember you could like change what you use as your you've got mail sound or your login sound, or your sign on sound, all that stuff for not just I'm AOL America Online, but Windows, I swear to God, after we saw Biodome, I, they had so many Biodome sound bites on AOL you could download that I was using Biodome as my AOL sign on, sign off. I am. What did it say? Honestly, I don't, I don't remember because I haven't thought about it in, since the 1990s. It's because I, I, show and Polly Shore are American classics. They are a treasure. They're treasures too. Am I going to boil down him? Boil him down into a tea and drink his power? He is fantastic. <laughs> like like ravenous. I think it'll be like it'll be just so fantastic because then I ravenous. think this reference actually. I think this reference. This movie will be ravenous. good because where else can you have a movie where you can just say it's the reason? Yes, <laughs> of course. You see. Oh my god. Oh man, you went there. You went there. <laughs> oh god. Okay, so we're going to watch In the Army now. Oh, and geez. I made sure uh I, I mentioned this last week or on our last episode. Justwatch.com, type in the movie, it'll tell you where you can uh you know, find the movie to to stream or download and purchase digitally whatever. Um and this this movie is on everything. So, no one has an excuse. Everyone should watch it. Awesome. Okay. Well, no I mean, excuse. Um, 
I have no excuse. And, and so, Justice. uh, Elias, Elias, <laughs> Justice. And so, Elias, so man, I appreciate you taking this trip with us this week, man. The that was famous, fun. The, now, the now, the now famous paquete episode. Tremendo paquete que fue. So, um, so, Elias, I appreciate you joining us, man. Um, um, is there anything you want to say, bro? No, I, I just wanted to thank okay, you. Okay, that's guys good. For... I'm great. Thank you for, thank you for joining. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, I'm kidding, bro. It's Go ahead. Bedtime. It's bedtime for everybody. No, thanks for having me. It's, you guys have a great little show. It's entertaining. I kind of look forward to the release. So be punctual, a little bit more punctual about your editing. And, uh, I'll be happy. <laughs> but, uh, I wish you guys much success. And, uh, again, the perspective, the tangents, the random nature, the organic flow, is all on point. So I appreciate you guys and thanks. No, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, as always, everyone, we end this this movie with uh, the, the show with the phrase, Goody knows exactly where I want to go. So I'm going to go ahead and just start it off. Goody, you finish it. You give a man one gun, he thinks he's Superman. You give a man two, he's God. There you go. <laughs> I remember watching that part and I was like, oh, shoot, that's the best line ever. That's a t-shirt. That's, that's a, a t-shirt. <laughs> I still anyway. think it was crazy they used the word hard-boiled in the movie. Yes, yes. You're such an asshead. Anyways, all right, guys. So, everyone, thank you very much. Peace out.